2: Of the 2013 National Hockey League Draft. Welcome to the First Pick Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. You're here with your boy Kevin Dykes at Biggest Boss on Twitter. Biggest Boss on Instagram. Kevin Dykes, D-Y-C-H-E-S on Facebook.
1: You gotta spell it right for them. Because uh, I, I don't even know how to spell it. <laughs> What's up, y'all? It's your boy Vince, a.k.a. Vinny Goombats. You can find me at Twitter, V I. N-N-Y-G-O-O-M-B-O-T-S. Same thing for Instagram, but I don't put out no sports content on Instagram, so just stick to Twitter. You know what I mean? <laughs> if you want to go on Instagram and look at me, you're just going to see pictures of me smoking a cigar. Right. Don't nobody want to see that.
2: Uh, I don't know. There'll be some dudes out there to be like, ask you what kind of cigar you got in your mouth though, man. That's yeah, true. That's true. But so it's- What we starting with today, bro? Well, it's August 3rd, coming to you, 2019, coming from the Poconos, and we're just going to hit you with a few highlights from the week. Um starting off with the baseball deadline passed on July thirty first. Um Yankees didn't make any moves. Trade deadline. Uh what did I say?
1: You you just said deadline.
2: Oh the trade deadline passed on July thirty first and Yankees didn't make any moves. Um the new New sleep at the wheel. (laughs) I'm sorry, y'all. Yep, 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 yep. And the um the cashman didn't make any moves, getting a lot of pressure from the New York uh, from the New York media. The New York Post uh, put him on the front page as a zombie. I thought that was super funny, not making any moves, stiff, not moving, doing anything. Uh, the Houston Astros uh, made a big trade, getting cranky, uh giving up some prospects, taking on the $35 million from him. Um, actually, just coming out in news, as we were talking before we even started this, Da-da-da. Bobby Marks and Adrian Wojnarowski report that Draymond Green signs a hundred million dollar extension uh paying starting in 2020 season uh pay, starting him paying twenty one million and then twenty two million and then twenty four. But going into this season in twenty nineteen, he'll only be making eighteen million. And then of course, ladies and gentlemen, football. Back the first football game. We it back. was played. The Hall of Fame game, Atlanta, Denver. It was so much fun. Um, I watched a little bit of it at the beginning. It was basically for the rookies. None of The starters got dressed. They didn't even have shoulder pads on. Uh, it was the first game. They weren't putting their guys at any risk. Um, Denver coming out of that game in 14-10. to 10. Um, Atlanta didn't look that great. But you got young kids, guys trying to get their jobs, trying to uh, uh, get some generational wealth and maybe make the team. So it's exciting to have it back. And just a few um, notes from the week. Melvin Gordon Asked for a trade, trade despite Dean Spanos' offer of $10 million per year. He believes he's more than that. He's like, trade me then because they're not giving him more than that. And then Elliott's still holding out. But based on some of the reports from the week, it looks like that uh, that Elliott and um, and Dallas Cowboys, they're going to have to make a deal. They know that they're not going to win no championship without him. I don't care if you sign Dak and you got Cooper. You need Elliott. Let's be, let's keep it real. Um, so you got any skin on that a Hall of Fame game?
1: So, you know what? It's funny, man. I I find it that uh, when I was, you know, for a long time, I used to be like, yo, you know what? Only degenerates bet preseason football. Only degenerates bet preseason basketball. You got to be, you got to be, there's got to be something wrong with you. Right. But uh, the more that I've um, done my research into the world of betting in general, I see that there's big, 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 big edges in the preseason. Some coaches just don't give a crap. And some do. And some players just really want to make that team. So they're going to come out and and play a lot harder. Um, Coming into that game, uh, the Falcons were 0 8 straight up in preseason games. And they were 0 8 against the spread, ATS, in preseason games. All right. The spread was Falcons plus 2.5. They did not cover. So that makes them 0 8 against the spread. Excuse me, 0 9 against the spread and 0 9 straight up in the preseason. Uh I mean that would kind of go back to Dan Quinn not giving a crap about preseason. I think what did did
2: uh I mean did did you, did Matt Ryan even get any snaps? No. Yeah. Why would he? And yeah. then you have you had Devontae Shop. Freeman going down and you have toe issues all the time for Julio. He's not trying to put his horses at the, you know, to put him out there to get hurt over something that doesn't even matter. So if I told you that that this team has never hasn't won a preseason game in 2 years and they haven't covered a
1: spread in 2 years, you wouldn't want to throw at least a lunch bet on that game. I might dabble on exactly. that. Exactly. I, I, so, might dabble I mean, it. unfortunately, I didn't have any skin in that one um, just because uh, I'm, I'm, I'm knee deep in baseball right now. So uh, I am excited that football is back. And the moment I turned the game on, I watched maybe about four minutes and 28 seconds of the game. And uh, the first thing my wife says was, is football back already? <laughs> and, I'm like, uh, and then I was like, yeah, it's back. And then she eyes and I'm like, you know what, let me uh not watch because once September hits, I don't I told you Sundays don't exist in this household. Right. So uh ladies
2: and gentlemen, Vince and I we like to try to be good husbands. We wanna be good dads. We will do anything on Friday and Saturday to make sure that we don't have to do nothing on Sunday. We gotta go food shopping, we gotta clean up, we gotta paint, whatever's gotta get done, we got 48 hours to get it done before Sunday comes. That's it. And um,
1: <laughs> I'm the same way, man. You know, we both got our schedules on Sundays and, and uh, you know, everything has to be done. For me, I like to be done. I like to wrap things up around 1130. Okay. I want to be showered, um, already eating breakfast. Lunch has already been decided. 1130 gives me a good hour and a half to make sure my fantasy lineup is straight. For sure. Check my DFS, look over some possible wagers Uh, make sure my uh, suicide pool bets are locked in, uh, excuse me, picks are locked in, and everything is ready to go, because by 1230, I'm on that couch, and I do not move other than to go to the bathroom, Um, so that's, that's major, that's major, man, and and, you know, I really love the London game, because it sets up at 9 a.m., So my day starts a little bit earlier on Sundays when, when the London game comes rolling around. For sure, that's, for sure. That's a lot I more. always
2: miss those because I'm usually in church at that time. So I always I I always miss the London one. I'll get home in time after it's over to watch at least the second part. But I always miss the beginning.
1: Yeah, I got a buddy of mine. Uh, shout out to my boy Pat right now. Me and him actually meet at the gym about 5.57 um, because the gym opens at 6 on Sundays. Right. And there have been times that I've helped him flip the light switch on. <laughs> you know what I mean? So uh, I got to get it in. And uh, I got to get home and shower. Me and Pat are in there, and we, we're, he's a big football fan too. And fantasy, you know, betting, uh, suicide pool. So him and I are going over our last couple last-minute adjustments, last-minute injuries, is so-and-so playing. There's a, it's more than just, you know, football, man. It, it's a preparation day. I, 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 again, he's one of my best friends, and it's, uh, it's, it's special. Uh, the only wrench that gets thrown into my Sundays – or if I'm going to the game, right? If I'm going to the game, it, it my my whole schedule is different. I can imagine. Um, and it's a little bit more. It's a little bit rougher. Uh, you know, and I do go. I have a tradition that I go to the Jets home opener every year, um, which is, uh, you know, it's usually week one or two, give or take. Obviously, week one. Right. Um, uh, but sometimes they open up on the road, so on and so forth. So that throws a wrench into my whole game plan. You know, it's like trying to. Sift through fantasy lineups while I'm on the road, and better believe if it's a one o'clock game, I'm at MetLife, or as I like to call it, JetLife Stadium at 7 a.m.
2: Oh, so you're one of those early making burgers, sausages, uh, like enjoying eating. Well, we talk
1: about I make breakfast. Uh-huh. Egg sandwiches What you want man I got it all for I you. might
2: have to come With you man um, I might just come, come through, Just for the tailgate
1: Come through <laughs> I got people Come through the tailgate They leave at the game Right If right. it's game time They go watch the game At a bar You know right. what I mean um, But we're there bro I help them take The chains off the gate You know And this year I'm going to be going A little bit earlier Because we got The FanDuel sports book Right around the corner Okay So I'm going to have To go put my bets in Alright all right. So I got to get it Give myself an <laughs> extra 20 minutes <laughs>
2: And then just to give you guys a rundown, we're going to dive into the AFC South today. And we like to weave in and out. So we're going to dig into the AFC South. We're going to give you the fantasy view. We're going to give you the betting view. We're going to give you the overall outlook of the division view. Who's going to win? Uh, what are the win totals? What are uh, uh, what does Vegas say about them winning? We're going to dig into that. We're also going to start baseball starting to get interesting. Uh, the, de- the trade deadline Here has Here come passed. the
1: baseball fans. I uh,
2: know.
1: <laughs> Here come the baseball fans. Your boy ben been on baseball since March okay now here come all the other baseball fans this is where
2: I just start to get interested this is
1: where the baseball fan the guy the trade deadlines over here it comes the Yankee fans now it's oh, it's, here comes to October give me a break
2: that's when baseball's most interesting I'm sorry, Vince. <laughs> that, like it, when guys are racing, now they got players. People are trying to figure out who's going to be where, what pitch is going to be where, how am I going to make sure my headings lineup is ready so in October we're ready to go and they can go try to get that World Series chip. Um, we're going to dig into an NBA very little. Um, Somehow,
1: st- way, NBA's got to stay relevant. Yeah. <laughs> got to stay relevant in August.
2: And then we're going to introduce to you guys The bullpen, the bullpen. And it's like it's like it's how we like to end our (laughs) Vince is doing some baseball signs over here, yanking on the the ear, touching the
1: nose three times, rub the eyebrows, graze the chin. We're hitting the bullpen.
2: And it's like it's how we like to end our our podcast where we're talking about something that's relevant, hopefully something that we can link towards fatherhood, towards being a husband, towards trying to be better. Um, and actually We're going to give you A little tease now So let, let who me you start. call Who you calling Into the bullpen Oh we're going to call in LeBron James Ooh, I like the LeBrick James We're like going to talk about LeBron a little bit We're going to tease you A little bit early Um, and the conversation of the week around LeBron was what was going on with him and his son. LeBron is a unbelievably present father, despite all the responsibilities that he's has. He's always at his son's AAU games. And I guess in the last, uh, last couple of weeks, LeBron was in a layup line with the kids and he was putting on a dunk show. Um, he also, uh, his son actually dunked on somebody else, and he got super excited and ran on the court. Um, he didn't interfere in the actual play, but he did come on a few feet onto the court. He was probably like two, three feet onto the actual court because he was so excited, and everybody was like, you know, is, is it too much? Is he a super over-involved dad? And I just kind of think the conversation is ridiculous.
1: And we're going to get into that plenty in the bullpen. So we got some uh, NFL news. I'm going to start off with you. Packers sign Corey Grant. Big deal or not?
2: I think it's, I don't think it's a big deal at all, quite honestly, but the dude is fast.
1: Special teams player. That's the way I look at it. Special
2: teams player. Also, Jamal Williams has a hamstring, and he actually hasn't practiced at all yet. That mm-hmm. started camp, and he's our backup running back. Now, well, I won't say backup. He, I, I think it's going to be a carry. share, but it sounds like Matt LaFleur really likes Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones is going to get a chance to show you what he's about. He's going to get the carries of a number one running back this year, but I think it was just safety. They were like, if Jamal can't play, we're going to need somebody who's viable. And also, Corey Grant has a relationship with Nathaniel Hackett who is our Nathaniel Hackett used to be the offensive coordinator for the Jaguars who Corey Grant used to play for like it. He is now our offensive coordinator and he he convinced Matt LaFleur. We got to get this guy in here. He's fast. Jamal's hurt. So that's just the overall view. I think he's a good addition. He can catch the ball. He He's good in pass block. He's a, he's just a good viable backup and change of pace running back.
1: See guys, I'm going to tell y'all something too. I didn't know any of that. So Kevin's schooling me as we are schooling you guys you know, it's great to have to know those relationships and the backstory behind some of these players. I mean, I knew Corey Grant came from Jacksonville. Right. I didn't know Nathaniel Hackett came from Jacksonville. He did. He's the one that pulls him over there. You know, that those are great things to know. So this guy could come in and he knows exactly, the coach knows ex- exactly what he's going to get from the player Absolutely. and the player knows the scheme of the coach and the game plan. So it's great to have that pairing and it's great to know that backstory. And that's something that, uh, you know, I don't know if every NFL fan would know, but somebody, a fan of the Packers, like I, my boy, biggest boss over there knows. You know, I what read mean?
2: all, I am a junkie. I'm like, That's I it. read about every training camp article. I read about who we, I love the, I love the, all of that little stuff, man. I enjoy it.
1: Next up, Jay Gruden says, Darius Geis is a full participant in practice. It's a little sketchy for me. I, I'm worried about that, dude. I know there's a lot of... Uh, you know, high praise for this kid. Right. You know, the draft stock is up there as far as fantasy goes. So, um, uh, that's big. I think that's big. And, and I, I hope they didn't rush the kid back. You know what I mean? But, um, you know, w- when we get into our NFC East discussion, you know, you, you'll hear our, our our Darius Geis and, and uh, that backfield, uh, you know, uh, breakdown. But I think I- it's
2: pretty black and white with him, though. Either if he's healthy, you're going to get yourself a player. If he's not... You're going to have, have an up-and-down season with him if his body can't stay together. But okay. everything says to me, based off of the things I've read about him, that he's just going to be a monster as long as his body holds up.
1: And, uh, I mean, you can put me on freezing cold takes, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> Adrian Peterson's going to ball out again this year. You I hope it? he does because my man is having money issues. You're Some hearing big it here first. So, um, and then the sad, sad, sad news of the week, A.J. Green left practice, had to be carted off, fractured ankle. I'm hearing he could miss week one, possibly week two. That's not good. I mean, as far as training camp goes, preseason goes, I ain't worried about all that. He's a veteran. He don't need any of that. Um... The chemistry's there with Dalton. Right. But the thing that does worry me is that you got a whole new coaching staff coming into the play here. So this isn't the old Marvin Lewis, you know, we know what to do kind of thing. So how much is he going to be able to fulfill, you know, the plays in the playbook? Yes, him and Dalton have a chemistry. Not the best chemistry, but there's some there. Um, I like A.J. Green. I like the dude. I like the player. And I like the fantasy guy. But...
2: And he's one of the only receivers in the league that actually connotes winning. When he is present, they have a chance to win every football game. When he is not present... They are they are the old bangles. They're the Boomer boomerasyason bangles, like the bad news bears guys when he's not there. Now when you have now you have a Mixon and you have some other young guys and you have a Tyler Boyd, you got you have some guys that can really that, that can really do some work with you, but still, without him, they are a shell of themselves. Yeah, he he is it. Um I'm you still know, drafting him by the way.
1: We're not getting Kev's crazy. Um Kev's crazy. You just threw me off with that, bro. I'm sorry. I'm still drafting them. I mean, we can't get too deep. We can't
2: too deep. No, but but (laughs)
1: but we could. We could listen. This is it's news. AJ Green is a top wide receiver. He's hurt, and um, listen, this is this is what the problem is with AJ Green. He gets hurt, and like you said, when he's there, he helps this team win, and when he's not, it's bad. And and I just, I'm not saying I'm not drafting AJ Green. I'm just not drafting him at his ADP, which is average draft position. Um, and I mean by that is like, you know, he's probably going. I, I don't know his average draft position. We're going to get that stuff for you guys, you know, closer to, to your draft day. Um, and if I'm going to tell you right now, if you're drafting right now, you're insane. Because the preseason just begun and we've seen injuries go down. Um, and unless you're in a dynasty or keeper league, you know, think about if you drafted AJ Green last week. Now he's out week one. That's a problem. You know, um, if you drafted a few weeks ago, uh, you didn't know Tyreek Hill was playing. He was going in the fifth, sixth round. Now you're drafting him at the second round because he's playing. That's a disadvantage. But getting back to the more important things here, um, I don't know his average draft position. 47. 47. Okay. So I'm not taking him there. Kevin might, and that's why that's where we defer. And that's what's great about this, man, because, you know, I, I, I'm i giving you one edge, and Kevin's giving you another. And that's – and. That's where it comes down to play. Uh, If he's hanging around later than he should be, I'll grab him, but I'm not taking him at 47
2: But I also think I also take a long game And I I think But the, you also have to think that Because he's injured Maybe somebody takes a chance at him Earlier Or maybe at 47 But when I think about AJ Green He's injured I always I have said it on every podcast We've done so far I am looking to take advantage of value My guess is He's not going to be drafted At his average At his ADP Because he's hurt People are going to forget And next thing you know He's going to be at like 60 65 Oh I'm snagging him there right? So oh, if he's yeah. gonna fall twenty spots because they, they, he can't help somebody immediately, mm-hmm. and you're gonna leave him there for me. I'm uh-huh. taking him, yeah. and he's gonna help me get to the championship when he comes back in week four, or week five. I like that, and then he'll and he can work himself in. I don't even have to start him right away. No. I might give him a few games to get him get it under his belt, get acclimated, and, yeah. or right? Get acclimated, yeah. and he can might wind up taking me to my championship because I got him at value, and I still had um, two other receivers that had an ADP much higher than his. And then and if I'm playing AJ Green at flex in week. 12 Mm -hmm. you
1: kidding me and that means you nabbed one and two wide receivers at a better spot right now listen people i'm putting i'm putting y'all on to game me and kev don't know it all in fantasy but we do know a bit i have won a few kev has won a few i've had some successful dfs days lineups whatever you you know deem as success i'm going to tell y'all right now you're already doing better listening to us because I'm listening to other people. And I'm doing my homework. Stop being stubborn out there and thinking you know it all. Because I'm going to tell you all something right now. I used to think I knew it all. I knew everything when it came to fantasy. You know why? Because I played football for years. I played Madden for years. I've watched football since I was nine years old. Right. I know this game in and out. Right. I know all the players. I know all this stuff. And guess what? I didn't know crap. I didn't know anything. And I was always losing. The times I started listening to other podcasts, started reading more and putting in the homework, guess what? I started winning. Don't so you that. guys already listening to us.
2: at the best of me, bro.
1: Take it easy, bro. <laughs> <laughs> listening to us already, you're being better. And don't just listen to us. Do more homework. Because if you're in a league, better believe there's somebody in your league that is doing this. They are listening to people like us. Hopefully, ain't nobody better than us. But anyway, (laughs) they are listening to people like us. They are reading. They are putting in the homework. They are looking up ADP because the game has changed. This isn't just a fantasy game as 10 years ago with your buddies, and you're just flipping a coin and picking guys and blah, blah, blah. There's dudes out there like me and Kev that I've been up on this since July 1st. Okay. Right. It's around the corner. I'm 60 days away. It's game time.
2: And even just doing this podcast, it forces us to research things that we're hoping to bring to people. So it's only going to put us in better position as far as knowledge and statistics and, and average ADP and where that value is generally for a player. And if I could get him later, I am looking for value anywhere I can find it. Like James White last year. I had James White starting. He was one of the top five running backs. He, he wound up being a number one running back for over the first 11 weeks before, before Sony Michelle was able to get back and started working himself in. And I was playing him at flex every week. Great. That was it was unbelievable. The value I got and I and I picked him up in the ninth round. Are you kidding me?
1: Is that like, was that was crazy. that in the fourteen team? No, not not with us. Oh, this okay. was in another
2: league okay. where I was I was first all year. I went eleven and two. I, I had a, I had a really good team, but I got him. It's because I I found value at, at crazy positions. That's why you do I was know there room. is
1: more value on Patriot players in my league because there's one less player <laughs> taking Patriot players. That's right, people. Yeah, my wow. boy Ian Again. said. He,
2: my boy Ian actually said he's like he is crazy. Call, for, can, he' He's like he's crazy for not drafting. Yo,
1: Ian, what's up? I appreciate you listening. You know what? My boy texted me. I had two of my friends, my close friends. So you don't know me, but I appreciate you listening. We really do appreciate the support. You're not alone. One of my friends told me that I would start Zeke October 13th if I had him on my team. He told me he would bet me 10 grand that I would start him against my Jets. You know what my response to him was? Make it 20 grand, bruh, because I ain't doing it. And then my other boy, Pat, called me crazy. Okay, so you ain't alone, but guess what? The
2: champ is here!
1: You hear this? That's my trophy for the last two years. <laughs> okay? That's what the trophy sounds like. So y'all keep calling me crazy. Anyway, let's get into it. AFC South. Yes. You know what I like to call this division, Kev? I call this the injury division. Uh, okay. The injury division. I will
2: say, actually, that's really not a bad division. I'll also call it the defensive, the defensive division because these boys play defense in this in this division, man. So coming in, why do you call
1: it the defense division?
2: Because some man, oh, everybody. I'm talking about Jaguars, Titans, Colts, and. Texans are all within basically an overall defense are all in the top twelve of That's the sick. league. That's insane. It's ridiculous. They all play really well. Obviously on the record of the Jags offense being bad, but here are the records from last year. Texans obviously um, they they led the the conference or led the division at eleven and five. Colts coming in second, ten and six. Titans coming in third, nine and seven, and Jaguars five and eleven. And actually. The Texans and the Colts met in a divisional round last year. Mm-hmm. Which was actually was well, it wasn't that great of a game. The Colts wound up winning 27. Um, so it could have been it could have been better. But um they have a pretty solid division. When you hear AFC South, usually you want to hang your head. But um some of these GMs and these players in this division, they've really come through. They've gotten better, that's for sure. So uh what's Vegas saying about these boys? So
1: we're gonna start with division winner. If you like the Indianapolis Colts to win this division. You're getting even money, dog. 100 across the board. Okay. So whatever you bet, you're going to get that in return. All right. How you feeling about that?
2: Um, I like that. Uh, uh, and you said this was the this was Colts, right? This is
1: just to win the division. Just
2: to win the division? I, I, it's very hard because I, I do feel like the teams are close. It's going to be a slobber knocker every... Every time the Texans and the Colts meet, it's going to be a rough one. And even for them to steal some of those wins from the te- Titans and Jags, it's not going to be that easy, you know?
1: And listen, Kevin doesn't want to give you out something quick. Is that we I, we go into this with a game plan. And Kevin always k- kicks it to me with the win totals and the division winners because he doesn't look into that. When he said this division is going to be close, Kevin ain't looking at this. I got it already. But I want to tell you how right he is. The division winners are separated by one and a half games. Really? That's how close that Vegas has it. And when I, again, I'm going to tell y'all something. When I say Vegas, again, I'm going to remind you, I'm going off of an offshore online sports book. Vegas sports books now in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, they may vary a little bit. The numbers might be a little skewed. You might get an extra half a win here or, my, or an extra dollar or two there. So keep that in mind. But for the relatively, it's all in the same realm. Okay. But Kevin was so right and he and I'm saying that is he didn't even know it. I so didn't actually
2: I had no look at the at division anything winners are all
1: region. within a game and a half, which is insane. Which
2: is insane. And it's kinda and I look at it from the statistics view from what I saw last year, the players involved and just where these teams are ranking in certain areas. And I'm like, it's gonna be it's gonna be hard. All the games that they're gonna have to play versus the bottom of the league. And I know the Jaguars and we don't have to worry about Blake Brothers anymore. Even if Nick Foles comes Blake in the and is average um, and that defense can stay up, which it may have a problem with because they, they lost a really key guy this year, which we'll talk about when we dig into them. But um, it, it's going to be tight. It's going to be tight. So, But for the Colts, um, it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard to pick a division winner for these guys because I think it's going to be very close. Um, and if Mariota can stay healthy, maybe the Titans can too. With that defense, we're going to talk about it. You said um, stay
1: healthy. Yeah. <laughs> Kev, I call this the injury division. <laughs> When we get done with this breakdown, I'll tell you why I called the injury division. All right, but um, the Colts, man, I, I like that at, at even money. Um, I had them last year when they had their two and five start. Okay, I threw uh, you know, I tossed a little coin into the wishing well, is what I like to call it, and um, I actually had them twenty five dollars to win five hundred and fifty bucks. Right,
2: because to you the took division. them when they were one and five, right? Yes,
1: I did. Right. Uh, two and five or one and five, I can't remember. Right, but it was definitely when they were, you know, at, at that point in time. And uh, I, I was such I was so high on the Colts, uh, very high on Andrew Luck. By the way, thanks, Kevin.
2: Yeah, <laughs> uh, I
1: traded Kevin for Andrew Luck last year. He was my quarterback. That led me to my championship.
2: And um, I gave it to him, but don't I had Russell Wilson and Patrick. McCullough. Oh no, he had some, so uh, so. I had I had oh. the stock to give to yeah, give yeah. up. On no, QB. he definitely
1: did. He did. I didn't rob him or anything yeah. like that. But he had three good quarterbacks, so he had to get rid of one. And uh, I, figure, I figured I figured Kev would get rid of the white dude. <laughs>
2: It, so, was, it wasn't on purpose. I promise. I yeah,
1: swear. Yeah. <laughs> he figured I'll keep my homes. He's black and white. And, yeah. He's and rush and, and rush black. So I keep him. But anyway, um, so I, I like that at even money. Um, I definitely would uh, uh, throw that there. And let me tell y'all something, people. If you do wager, I'm going to remind you. If you like something, do it now. Because if I like the Colts and Kev likes the Colts and Joe Bob likes the Colts and we start betting them. Guess what? Vegas is going to be like, okay, everybody likes the Colts. They ain't even money no more. Now they minus 110, and you just lost 10 cents of value. So if you like the Colts or if you like any of these next wagers that I'm going to tell you about, get it in now because it will change. Next up, Houston Texans. You like them to win this division? You're getting plus 220. That's a good price on this team. I'm not crazy about them. Kev might be. You might be out there at that value
2: plus 220 I'm laying a hunch and I'm getting I'm getting a little bit over double my money that's not a bad bet I think it's really good one especially with um because my biggest concern for the Texans will be their offensive line, their ability to block, and then also Deshaun Watson holding on to the ball. Also, there was a, and I'll, I'll dig in a little bit deeper because I read about what the coaches were saying and how it wasn't just the offensive line. Actually, their statistics are pretty much on average or above as far as individual wins in their one-on-ones between defense alignment and offense alignment. Um, but this is, man, it, like, the more, the more we keep talking about it now, and once we get into the stats of where these teams rank and where they were done last year, uh, it's going to be so hard to choose and um, I have a couple things that I think is going to decipher it for me but I'll, I'll definitely let you know but I the value is phenomenal oh, yeah. I think just on, on just the on the value that that, that they're plus two, 225 I would probably take the Texans just on the value of, of, the, of, of the bet
1: and explaining something to you guys out there with value there are times where you just have to look at the value you know you can't and you can't even be mad at an L I mean, you, you, of course, listen, you if you ain't mad at an L, got money in your pocket.
0: And if that's <laughs> the case,
1: come holler at me because I can help you extract that. But anyway, <laughs> no, nah, listen, some things are value bets, and that's okay. Uh, you know, I'm, we're not going to go too much into it, but we're talking about a value bet. In baseball last night, the Phillies were playing the White Sox. Okay. The Phillies had just acquired a new pitcher who was at the bottom of the Mets rotation, Jason Vargas. The okay. dude's old. He... Uh, to me is trash but he had a yeah, he's been playing decent. He was almost a minus 200 favorite. That is insane. Okay. It's insane. Now the White Sox aren't a good team and possibly their best hitter, Yolan Moncada is out of the lineup. He's on the 10-day uh, injury list. All right. They had a good pitcher on the mound, Ivan Nova. He's decent and he's been heating up. He's had his last 3 games been pretty good. The the White Sox were plus 163. You couldn't tell me not to bet that game just because of the money. I mean, just because of the number, right? And that's a value bet, right? Now, yeah, are the Phillies a better team? Absolutely, one hundred percent. In fact, the I don't. I have it. I could scroll through it, but I don't want to waste time. The White Sox in interleague play—they're atrocious. The, the Mets just swept them, right? Okay, they they play terrible this year against the NL. Everything points to taking the Phillies, except the fact of the number. Jason Vargas did not deserve that much money as a favorite. And the White Sox didn't deserve to be that big of a dog. So I took a wager on it. It was a late game. It went 14 innings. It was close, but the White Sox won 4-3. And that's where we're getting here with the value. I don't love the Texans to win this division. I'm not crazy about it. But for doubling my money and an extra 20
2: cents... Especially when they're already thinking that it's only uh, only a game and a half in between the actual winner. You might as well take the one who's got the value, who has the best value bet. Exactly.
1: <laughs> and who won the division last year? Uh, it was the Texans. Exactly. So you can't go wrong there. This is the one division where you're getting plus money everywhere. Right. Next up... <laughs> Jacksonville Jaguars. Plus
2: 375. On top... So they... Wait, wait, wait. They're higher favored than the Titans? They are. Wow. I'm surprised by that, and maybe, and that's probably the Nick Foles effect. Them having, because really all they needed was a quarterback in Jacksonville. I think that was really the difference. Um, If they had that quarterback, if Nick Foles was the quarterback of the Jacksonville Jaguars the last two years, they quite possibly could have been in the AFC Championship Mm -hmm. with a chance of uh, getting past Tom Brady or getting, you know, getting past some of the um, um the leaders in the AFC. Um, but I'm not. I I have no trust. I don't have enough trust in the quarterbacks at the bottom I got so you. that's going to be the difference either i'm taking the texans or i'm taking the colts the other two i do think they're going to give up a fight i think it's going to be tough uh they have they they really do have decent teams like they're not as bad as you know you hear jags out loud but they they do have some good stuff um within that team but um i'm not taking any bets on anybody below texans or houston in this okay. division.
1: and uh you know th- again we defer there because uh you know just a year ago uh 2017
2: right Jacksonville Jaguars best defense on the
1: AFC game. championship game yeah and they had a lead <laughs> okay Blake Bortles turned into Michael Vick for a couple minutes <laughs> Blake the snake yeah I mean and listen now you got rid of that guy you got a guy with a ring I don't say what you want about Nick Foles man the guy's a winner okay the guy contemplating retirement you know he followed Andy Reid Andy Reid requested him in Kansas City this guy you know and Tom Coughlin say what you want about him too. He could compile a winning team. Right. So I'm not all out on the on the Jags. And okay. again, you're getting value here plus 375. Right. This might be the one division I throw a little a little uh, like I say a coin in a wishing well on on these top 3. Like Kev said, when we I'm going to get to the Titans. I mean, you can give me plus 8000 I ain't betting on them to win this division. Right. It ain't happening.
2: Cuz Mariota's not probably he's not going to be able to stay no. healthy. He just hasn't been nope.
1: able to. Um and then we'll get to them. Titans plus 650. No way, not enough for me. Um, it is again, it's a one division where you're getting plus money everywhere. And I'm this might, I, I'll tell you though, surprisingly enough, it might come back. And I got my foot in my mouth. This team could fight and it could get close at the end because it was last year, as bad as they looked, they were still fighting. It's just that when they looked bad. They looked bad. It when was you, bad. when they struggled against the Bills to win a game, and you and you missing field goals, and Mariota's throwing interceptions in the go, in the red zone. That ain't good. And then you went and you're smoking the, the Patriots. They smoked the Patriots, right? So this Jekyll and Hyde stuff. They right. got to get it together. They bring in Tannehill, which is nuts, but
2: it ain't because
1: Mariota can't stay healthy.
2: And it doesn't look like, from, from from my reading, it doesn't look like Tannehill's really pushing anything. It's Mariota's team. Oh, 100%. So, so it hasn't, like, Tannehill hasn't come in and done anything that uh, a former receiver. Texas Uh A&M. I think we're on the the ball there. But um, he hasn't really come in and push him. I think he's just going to sit back. He's a clear backup. Mariota's the clear starter. And if he stays healthy, if he was able to stay healthy, I would have more of a, I would have more faith in him. I do like him. Um, Me too. uh, And I I thought he was going to be, I thought he was going to be clearly better than Jameis Winston. Maybe we can dig in a little bit to that when we talk about the Texans and how you feel about those two being drafted together. Um, But do you want to just get into the Jags now? Go straight into the Jaguars from there? Or, um, I, well, I'm going to go through are the win totals. The titans. Oh, we didn't do win, totals. My, win totals. My bad. My bad. Kev's
1: trying to kept trying to cut your money out, y'all. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'm Not over here purpose. trying to help I'm you. T- Kev's like, where's first screw the money? Yeah. <laughs> so, like I said, each this whole entire division is only separated by one and a half games. And we're going to start with the Colts. Over, under. Nine and a half wins. If you like over nine and a half wins, you gotta lay minus one fifty. You're gonna lay one fifty to win one hundred. If you like under nine and a half wins, you're getting plus money at plus one twenty. I think they they're tipping their hand right there. They're giving they're putting up so much juice for this game, for this team to go over nine wins that I love that. I love over nine and a half wins. I definitely see them eclipsing that. It will, I I could see a sweat. I could see them going 10 and 6. I could see 11 and 5. Okay. You know, but I, I definitely don't see them going 9 and 7. Uh, can you
2: answer a question for me, Vince? Talk to me. Uh, and answer it for our listeners. What is juice? Is a
1: fee that you're paying to use this service. A bookie, a sports book, online, offshore account. Um, these people are taking all the risk. They're taking whatever bet you, you take, Um, the best teams out there, you're going to take that bet. They have to honor it. So they got to have a little bit of an edge, and that's where this price comes into play. Um, Vig is another word, vigorish. It's an old Russian term, Yiddish, and it basically means it's it's just a fee that you're paying, whether you're up or down. So in this example, your juice here would be the 50. Okay. If you would like them to go over 9.5 wins, you would have to lay $150 to win 100 or $15 to win 10, a dollar fifty to win a dollar. That fifty cents dollars, that's your juice.
2: So if I'm just in layman's terms, so if I am a hundred dollar better, yes, and I'm betting even one hundred, I get one hundred, that's even. That's even. But anything over one hundred is my juice. So if yes. I'm betting one hundred and we're at minus seventy five, then my juice is mine is seventy-five, yes, 75. dollars. So in this case,
1: your negative juice would be fifty. Okay. your positive juice would be 20. Understood. And th- so if you like them, again, to go over nine and a half wins, you'll be laying 150 to win 100. Okay. Or 15 to win 10, $1.50 to win a dollar, depending on what your bet size like is. Like
2: if you're small or you're a big yeah. dog, depending Everybody's on- Everybody's different. Right. Yeah. Understood. If you're a big dog,
1: you might be laying 1,500 to win a G. Right. You know what I mean, that's right. a big dog to me. I don't know what a big dog to you guys are. Um, And then if you like under, you're getting plus. So anything you lay, you're getting an extra 20 cents, $20- $20. Whatever it is, so if you bet a buck, a hundred, you're gonna win hundred okay. um, and twenty. Okay, and I'm not touching under nine and a half wins. No way. You no. can give me, you can give me plus two hundred. That's to me. That's just enticing you to take that under. And I'm not I'm not sweating it out with these boys.
2: No, no, I think they're too good of a football team. I kind of want to just stay away from the division totally when it comes to wins because I don't have no clue what the hell's gonna happen. I can definitely see the Titans and Jags maybe stealing a few from them that they weren't expecting, having a decent game. I, I don't even I don't I don't want to bet win totals at all in this division because of how I feel about the division as a whole and the quality of the two worst teams in there. I don't think they're as bad as some other bad teams are in other divisions. So I, I'm, I'm going to stay away from it totally. I love it, Kevin. And I
1: am I I agree with you here. There are a few that kind of scare me. Um, and I'll get to that. Next up, Texans over, under, eight and a half wins. If you like the over, you're getting plus money, plus 105. Okay. Not much, but if you take an L, you ain't got to lay no negative juice. When you said eight and a half? Eight and a half wins for okay. the Houston Texans. Under eight and a half is minus 135. Which way are you going there? You say you ain't. I know you say. I know you. Ain't, you said you ain't messing with no total at See, all.
2: I, I thought it. I thought it would have been higher. That's a good one. See, <laughs> and a, not only that, you're getting plus one.
1: money. So you got to look at the again the value here. And I say that you know you can't think in the terms of well, if I lose, you don't want to think that. If you're placing a bet, you want to place it on the fact of I'm winning. Right. Um. But. In the case where you did take a L, you're not laying any negative juice, so right. you're
2: going to lose what you bet. And I do, I do like the over for the Texans, and I, I believe Deshaun Watson is equal to Andrew Luck. I believe, as far as talent is concerned, now he's a little bit younger. He came, uh, Andrew Luck came before Deshaun Watson did. Twenty-eight uh, and
1: twenty-three. Yes, Luck is twenty-eight.
2: Watson, 23. So, obviously, more experience, all of these things. But I do think his ceiling and Andrew Luck's ceiling are the same ceiling, which means there is none. Okay. Uh, as far as if you give them the team, they're going to get it done. And given, I'm going to give you some of this dude's stats. One, which ones you dig to into, into the Texans to let you know that without an offensive line, he was able to do this? Mm-hmm. Really? Mm-hmm. Getting sacked sixty two times and he still did this. Like I can only imagine if he if he had his boys up there doing what they had to do. But go ahead. Okay.
1: Um. And next up, Jacksonville Jaguars, over, under eight wins. You're gonna get plus one ten to go over. Under eight wins is minus one forty. Now I'm gonna tell y'all something. It's kinda. It's kind of, you know, it makes me feel uneasy that they're giving me plus money on this over and I'm laying 40 cent juice on the under. Right. Only because I like the over. You really? And I'm saying to myself, why not get myself the plus money? And, um, you know, I don't see, I, I, what was their record last year? Do you have their record last year? I, I'm sure you have it right there. Uh,
2: yes, the Jags were 5 and 11. Oh, okay. Well, that's a little scary.
1: Yeah. Um, But I like the over. I, you know, I, the 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 positive juice isn't going to scare me away. Um, I definitely ain't laying juice for an under here. Um, and, and let me tell you all something. Just because I like it, don't mean I'm betting it. Now, I told you the division winners that I might make a wager on. Okay, you know, uh, increasing the Colts is, in my opinion, are the favorites to win this division. The not only does the win totals and the even money show you that Vegas thinks as well, right. or this particular online sports book, but um. I like the Colts last year. I like them again this year, and this division just keeps flip flopping. They're juggling who's winning this year, who's winning that year. Unfortunately for me, it ain't the AFC East where you got that juggernaut up there in Boston, right? Where it's just the same teams winning every year because you can't tell who's gonna win this one. And that this is a, a definitive of it's what- gonna
2: be a legit twelve round fist fight for whoever wins this division. I agree. I think it's gonna come down to the end just like it did last year, and each team seems to be getting more quality as they continue as the years keep going i feel like even with the texans without a gm i do like some of the moves they made they look like they're trying to strengthen their weaknesses this whole division is headed in the right direction and i feel like with the jags with last year you have to also take into account that letter Fournette really didn't play mm-hmm. like he okay. had very few carries if he's going to if he's going to get you 300 carries and he's going to get you the season he had in 2017 then that over looks really good because then they'll be able to control the game. They have one of the best defenses in the league, despite being five and eleven, mm-hmm. which we'll talk about. And they could quite possibly get that over. And Nick Foles is a—he's I think he's average. I do, but I do think he's on that average line where. He's a winner. Mm-hmm. A coach can say to himself, as long as I have a good defense, I have a good running back, I can trust him. He's Slightly ball- above a game manager. Right. Okay. All right, that, that's where he's you
1: said You said something. If Leonard Fournette stays healthy, where are we going with this dog? <laughs>
2: Division of injuries. That's right. That's right.
1: <laughs> Next up, Tennessee Titans. Over, under, eight wins. Same as the Jaguars. If you like the over, it's plus 115. And if you like the under... It's minus one forty five. You're 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 almost getting better numbers here, uh, both ways. I, I I mean the under you got to be crazy to lay that. Uh, I even and that's because some who somebody's got to finish under eight wins. Right, we know that. And I say you got to be crazy to lay that. I mean you got to be a fool. I apologize. my apologies. It's just it's a lot of juice for an unknown thing. I'm not going under. I'm not going over. I think Kevin and I are in the same place with the Titans. I'm shrugging my shoulders here. I don't know about this team. And uh, and
2: once again, they were nine and seven last year, and that lets you know it's like they are they they take on the characteristics of of bipolar. Like one week they're high, they can beat anybody, they can beat the Titans, and the next week it's like. Well, where did that go? And yeah. then again, spanking. You you got, know? They it's lost like, to happened? the Bills and
1: then beat the Patriots. Right. But the thing is, this team was Jekyll and Hyde. Right. And uh – uh I ain't, let, I ain't putting my money on Jekyll and Hyde because I, I don't know what I'm going to do.
2: Certainly get. not. Certainly not. And the difference is going to be the team's uh, consistency is the difference between average and greatness. No mm. matter what group you're going to make like it that. into, if you're in the NFL, consistency, how often can you produce at this level? And the Titans just don't do that. They're too inconsistent in their game. They have the game to get to the AFC Championship, they just can't do it enough. They can't summon it enough in 17 weeks to get the job done.
1: Say that one more time. I forgot that. I wanna. I I like that. I almost want to jot it down. Consistency is a uh, uh,
2: consistency is the difference between average and greatness. Quoted by Kevin Dykes, aka
1: the Biggest Ball Seventy Six. Don't forget y'all on my Twitter, man, my Instagram. Man, my man said it. Okay. You know what? We forgot to plug. At First Pick Pod, Instagram and Twitter, bro. We're we're forty minutes in, bro. We didn't plug the pod.
2: Terrible. That's all good. You listen, gotta let us get better. Please let us get exactly. better. <laughs> and
1: exactly. And, and we we forgot we had a name.
0: Uh, <laughs> shout out to my boy pot. Fred Green
1: again. Yes. You know what I mean. But listen, listen to Kev, y'all. Consistency is the difference between average and greatness. I like that. And you could you could apply that to everything. You could apply that to working out, sweeping the floor. Everything. I don't care what I don't care what you're doing. Anything out there. With that being said, uh. I got to be consistent and use the bathroom. So we're going to take a quick break. Walk. walk Welcome. Okay. We did.
2: (laughs) Hey, man, it's my turn. Yeah. You're supposed to open it
1: up and then you start it out. So we're going to keep it. Oh, all right. right.
2: Let's, let's keep it. Welcome back to the first big podcast with your boy, Kevin Dykes on Facebook at biggest boss 76 on Twitter. And BiggestBoss76 on Instagram. We're,
1: you know, I mean, uh, we get a lot of love with the chemistry, but uh, sometimes we, we, we fumbled the handoff on that one, y'all. <laughs> Definitely. It's all good. We're, we're learning. You know what <laughs> I mean? It's, early, it's preseason. It's preseason. Um, it's your boy, again, Vinny Goombats on Twitter, and Vinny Goombats Instagram. Again, you know, really want to follow me on Instagram. Uh, Twitter's where I'm at. That's where I'm posting uh, sports stuff and uh, just stupid things about bugs sneaking in my house at nighttime. Um, again, first pick pod on Twitter and first pick pod on Instagram. And, uh, we're hoping by the time you guys hear this, we're up on SoundCloud.
2: Um, but, uh, where are we going, Kev? So we're going to dig into the Jags. That's where we're going. We're going to start digging in, um, and seeing how each, how each of these teams look, what our outlooks are for them going into the year. Um, some of the players that we have, um, before you get there.
1: Okay. You said this is a divisional. defensive division. Yes. I want to tell y'all why this is the call, this is what I call the injury division. I'm going to tell you why. Okay. Start with, I'm going to start with the quarterbacks. Okay. Deshaun Watson, two years, never played a full season. Andrew Luck, five years, never played a full season. Marcus Mariota, four
2: years, never played a full season. I can add J.J. Watt, Last two seasons. Well, last season he had a good one. He had 17, but the two seasons before that with the elbow and then the leg, so he also missed a couple. Uh, And And this
1: ain't just quarterbacks. I'm just starting with quarterbacks, but Kevin ain't lying. What's that other dude on that defensive line? I know his name, but you know it. Uh, Jadavian Clowney Never played a full season. Understood. Okay, this this division is nothing but injury report, okay? Uh, I, I didn't even get to the last quarterback, Nick Foles. The league since twenty fourteen, never played more than eleven games.
2: Okay, that, that's probably because he's a backup quarterback, okay, but though, right? Still, but yeah. even when he was a starter,
1: <laughs> right? They, he started for the Eagles the one year they went to the playoffs with uh, what's 20, his name? Twenty seven and two. Uh, what's his name? Chip Kelly. Yeah. Yes. Okay. T- didn't play a full season. Leonard right. Fournette, full season, no go. Derrick Henry, full season, no go. Uh, Deonta Foreman hasn't played since twenty seventeen. Right,
2: Lamar Miller doesn't play a full season. Will Fuller out last year? Okay, uh, from the Hopkins,
1: Texans. maybe there's one. There's one guy. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah, he's a
2: monster. He doesn't count. He's in the he's in the alien category. We don't then, know where what he's made of.
1: Kevin's boy, T.Y. Hilton, oh, never played a full season. I love me some T.Y. This really entire mean. division never played a full season. I hear you. I hear you. Well, hey. let's get to the Jags though. Uh, we don't want to beat up on that, but. Just remember, AFC South, your boy, Vinny Goombatz the division of injury.
2: <laughs> and you and he backed it up so I guess I can't say much about that but as far as some of the Delaney ge- Walker never played a full season sorry uh, y'all. He was sorry. out last year too and that that <laughs> allowed uh, out, uh, Juno Smith to get a little Juno uh, Smith, John yeah, Smith yeah. to get some I of those just it just popped year. into my head. I'm like, "Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> you could just start naming I guys. could throw out I could go let, I,
1: this division is nothing but injuries."
2: And the thing is that I, and I think the biggest thing that you're saying everybody you name is a star. So that's part yeah. of the problem. It's not like you're naming backups. You're you're, you're naming guys who are the stars of these teams. So I, I hear you. Speaking
1: of not naming stars, uh, I, I don't want to leave him out because he's a star. Kevin Bayard.
2: You yes. know what I mean? 70 uh, million.
1: Okay. You know, I don't want him. I, I, I heard I heard he got left out of something. He, he did get left out of a lot of things, but I don't want to get too okay. deep into that yet. My let's, bad. My let's bad. Wait, let's, I, let's, I thought that was a good segue, but I forgot we're going with
2: Jacksonville right Yeah, now. we're going Jacksonville first. When we get into okay. the Titans, we're going to talk about how good he is. He's worth that 70 million based off of what I found now. Um but with the Jags, offensively, points per game, 26, not very good. Offense was terrible. We know F- Leonard Fournette wasn't wasn't playing the full season. You have Blake Bortles. Um, the Russian attack was still seventh, though, even without him playing. So those guys actually came in well uh, and backed him up. Yeah, as the boy TJ um, Yeldon. that Alabama boy. And yeah, he actually wound up having about 400 yards catching uh, in the offseason, too. But he mean, ain't there the no more. He's not. He's not. And then points per game, they were 31st, obviously. Not very good. 15 points per game. Um, and defensively, this is where I really just wanted to let you guys know, just to give some team totals. They were fifth in total offense. This is the Jags at 311 yards a game. Um, uh, passing yards per game, they were second, giving up the least amount in the league. They were 19th in rushing. could be better uh giving up 116 yards per game. And they were fourth in points per game, which 19.8. So that's letting you know that the Jags are legit. The defense is there. They get the job done. They don't have a lot of major, I guess the biggest storyline is going to be Nick Foles and whether he can come in and, uh, and do what they need, uh, at quarterback for them to be sustained. They've had everything else. They've had Leonard Fournette who was out last year, but the year before that, he was just flat out. He he was absolutely ridiculous. Um, and then they have a defense that's obviously top five in the league and they're really good. Um, I do see them being better. There's no way they can, if Leonard Fournette is healthy and they can keep that ground game going, I do believe they're going to be able to challenge a few teams in this league Um, and they have some really good players. So Leonard Fournette last year only averaged 3.3. He had 439 yards. Their best receiver was underwhelming, which was D.D. Westbrook, who I do think has some fantasy value moving forward, especially with Nick Foles. Big time. He has 66 catches, 717 yards, five touchdowns. Um, Dante Moncrief was the second-best receiver at 48 reception 668 yards, 3 touchdowns. Um and honestly, there is nobody else in the offense who is worth even talking about. There was no point in even talking about the tight end position for this team. It was non-existent. I think their best tight end had like 18 catches. It was I don't even want to talk about them. I okay. don't even think it's worth it. You hear that? Yeah, (laughs) it's really not worth it. Um, And then Nick Foles last year, he only played five games. We know that he came in and tried to help out the Eagles last year. Um, He wound up having um, 114 yards passing and seven touchdowns within those five games, which was pretty good. And he actually played well enough for them to beat the Bears. But unfortunately, Jeffrey dropped a pass. And by the way, that pass that Jeffrey dropped, that was his fourth drop in three years in that last playoff. Unbelievable. But we're not talking about the Eagles. Um the defense, though, a lot of great players. You have Calais Campbell, who led the team in sacks with 10 and a half. Um, Ramsey, who had three interceptions, of course, one of the best corners in the league. And this, for me, was the most important part for the Jags moving forward. Telvin Smith, uh, one of their linebackers, is actually taking the year off. He needs to dedicate the year to his mental health, to his family. Um, It looks like he's having a really tough time with whatever he's doing personally. Nobody really knows. He never answered exactly why, but he did say family and mental health. Um, he had 137 tackles and, and Miles Jack had 107. So think about that, bro. You have two middle linebackers. Now, Telvin Smith is your weak side linebacker. So he, you want him to be free. You want him to be running. Um, and you want him to be making tackles. He is unbelievable. Um, but losing him for a year. That leaves a really, really big open spot for the Jags moving on, man. Um, I don't know how they're going to replace that. I did read how they were going to try to. They don't have a number one guy. They have they brought in four guys into camp to kind of, to try to replace him. Um, and um, the, I, I don't know what they're going to do with Miles Jack. Miles Jack is phenomenal. He uh, uh, He's a <laughs> great young player. He's fast. He's strong. He was playing the strong side for them. So taking a lot of brunt uh, of some of those big guys. But um, how do you see the Jags moving forward? Well,
1: I definitely think the defense got got some help drafting Josh Allen. I mean, out of Kentucky, that's major. Uh, I told you guys before, I like SEC boys. I'm a little I'm a little SEC biased. I'm not a fan of a particular team in the SEC. I'm just a little SEC biased. Um, something that's going to help them this year is uh, drafting Jay Wan Taylor uh, out of Florida Gators. Chomp chomp. You know, he's a big boy, six five, three twenty eight. That's going to help them. And uh, as Kev said, this team is uh, relevant in the tight end department. They drafted a boy, Josh Oliver, in the third round out of San Jose State, 6'5", 250. That's a big boy. Um, I'm hoping that 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 could open up this offense a little bit. And we're 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 gonna it's gonna come down to Nick Foles. Can he move this ball around? There is there is some high upside with Didi Westbrook. I do you think and that. I. I agree. You and I both like Didi last year. Uh, I still I, like him now. Yeah, I think we um I think we. We, we, we might have dropped them and added them a, a few times each you and I back and forth last year um I was higher on Keelan Cole and that um that blew up in my face yeah that didn't work out too well and I'm not necessarily gonna shy away from him this year I'm not drafting him but he's somebody I want to keep my eye on because I just feel like the chemistry between him and Blake wasn't there I mean Blake, Blake only had chemistry with the other teams right you, and
2: I agree and that's why wasn't D.D. Westbrook that was the problem no. I couldn't keep him because Blake Bortles wasn't consistent enough to get him the ball enough yeah. I don't think it was a lack of him being open and some of those catches were deep he was averaging 13 yards a catch that's that's significant like if the yeah. guy is picking up that much real estate um, with, with the time that he has on the field but if the quarterback can't get it to you or he's scared because there were times where Blake just looked scared or he just was not good enough that is just the bottom line um, I don't really think there's much else like to dig into. I kind of think they, uh, but I do think that their best chance will be Nick Foles being who he is, and then giving Leonard Fournette the ball um, and making sure he gets the ball twenty to twenty-five times a game. Whether you're passing it to him, whether you're letting him run it, make sure he's touching the football. And I think the only fantasy relevance this team has is Leonard Fournette, their defense, and D.D. Westbrook. Um, I. I yeah, you're right I'm try, I'm
1: trying to find a spot to disagree with you but um I would keep my eye on Marquise Lee though I mean okay. this this guy was very relevant the he year before hurt. he tore yep. his ACL that's always a little sketchy you know coming off of that injury USC by the way you know um that's right the Trojans you know the deal um so I I don't know I don't know but you you're right I I, I mean those those are the guys and Fournette. This team seems to be all in on him. They brought in Alfred Blue. Right. That's the backup. Right. This is, you know, and behind him is Benny Cunningham. These are two guys that's been around the league before. There's yes. no hot, young, new thing. You know, uh, the, the phrase going around is a hot girl summer. You know, that's, that's not happening in this backfield. It's I Leonard mean- Fournette or nothing. And I, I, as a, even Holden as a handcuff. I mean, Alfred Blue has been a handcuff his entire career.
2: Uh, all, all with the Houston Texans yeah. for the most part.
1: Yeah, and I'm I'm not excited to have him as a handcuff. There's a lot of other handcuffs I'd like to have out there. Um, but well, at Austin the same time,
2: Epler. yeah, this is a guy you want right you, now.
1: You do. Um, and, and Justin Jackson, but you know, you. You got to keep your eye on them because I don't, we don't know if, if Fournette could stay healthy. And and if it's that hamstring, there's one thing I know about hamstrings. They never go away. Right. You right. know, and uh, it's going to be a recurring thing here. But this is the division of injuries.
2: But and you also know I love value, though. And I think yes. because I, I love the guys who fade away who have the talent to be the guy. We all know Leonard Fournette is he is he is not normal he is he won the genetic pool he won it the guy is there as long as he can stay healthy he is a first rounder he's a second rounder you know if you want to I I don't think he's going to go within that first six or seven Mm -hmm. but once you get to like eight, nine, ten, twelve you know eleven, twelve in that first round and of course early into the second he's going to be a guy that if he's there and he's available for me I'm going to take him I'll take the chance with him and even if, if maybe he even falls later maybe you get him in the third I don't think so because most people also know you gotta have running backs you do have your, your, your people who, who like to lead with receivers and things like that but if he slips I'll be there to take him and I'll take the chance on his hamstring
1: and again people if you're listening to us or another podcast talking about fantasy or reading you're doing your homework that's big because this is the kind of stuff you're gonna get you know and, and, and Fournette might have scorned some people last year I know two guys in our league that he scorned uh, my buddy Tom drafted Fournette it was his first pick right Got hurt. You know, he missed half the year. And then he traded him to my boy, Pat. And he got a steal. My boy, Pat, got a steal right. in that trade. Because you, you got a guy who could potentially come back. And at that point in time, my boy, Pat, had such a big lead in the division that he could use a running back in six weeks. He didn't need one right now right. at that time. A good He staff. was getting by with – he had Alvin Kamara. And um, he was plugging and playing for his RB two. Right, and I know he. Was, we would joke he threw in a little Buck Allen every once in a while. <laughs> um, he had Naim Hines in there, who we're going to get to. I love that kid. Um, but you Lucky, know
2: he was really good for yeah, the Colts oh, last year. I man.
0: got some
1: stuff on Naeem. but okay. anyway, um, you know Fournette might have burned some people, so you might be able to catch him at, at a uh, at a relatively good value spot. Um, but just keep in mind, you know, this guy's got to stay healthy. Um, this offensive line's got to play better. And I don't know if this wide receiving core is scaring anybody enough to give him enough
2: space. And I don't know if... Leonard, but that's Leonard. That's that's yeah. the key. Yeah. If Leonard is effective, then D.D. Westbrook is worth having. Yeah. That's and really maybe Marquise Lee. To. And Marquise Lee. We'll see how he works his way back in. And Keelan Cole. Man, uh, Keelan Cole is I, a, a yo, doo-doo. He's out there in your trash can out in the garage. Yo, Keelan Cole <laughs> is like
1: that item of clothes that you bought that doesn't fit anymore. You know, you don't want to get rid of it. (laughs) You love it, right? You either outgrew it, it's too big for you, or it's too small. Maybe you gained a few pounds and it don't fit you anymore. Or maybe you lost a few pounds and it's a little too big and it looks like you're wearing something from 06, you know, when we used to wear the big baggy clothes. (laughs) Yes. But like... I don't want to get rid of him yet. And I, I'm still... Keelan Cole, you're, you're, you're my pair of uh, sweatpants that I loved for the last 10 years.
2: This is just mad because he was wrong on him last year. So he's just trying to hold on to being wrong from last season. That's all, ladies and gentlemen. Don't worry about it. Sometimes, people,
1: <laughs> you have to... You ha- Let me tell you something. I'm a stubborn man. <laughs> but sometimes you got to admit when you're wrong. And Kev hit the nail on the head. I was so wrong with Keelan. <laughs> and I'm still... Gonna push for it because it wasn't Keelan, it was Blake. It wasn't him. Anyway, that's all I got
2: with this team. That's what I got. you're yeah, not much models. else to say. Well, we agree that we probably think the Jack. You know, uh, they'll they're both fighting for the third or fourth spot within this division. What are you doing? With, what are you doing with Nick Foles? Uh no, I think he's like no. I I think Is that is that a, is that a good answer? No thanks. No thanks. <laughs> you know, I think he. I think he's a guy that you you can pick. You're gonna be able to pick up on the waiver wire every other week. Okay. Like he'll be around for you. Like if you need him on the bye week, he'll be there. Like I don't even want him as my backup quarterback. Damn. Yeah. Like uh, like a waiver wire. Maybe somebody got hurt and I pick him up from the trash can. But other than that, because I, I I I don't. I, no disrespect. Like you said, the guy's the winner. I'm not disrespecting. I, I I'm
1: gonna ask you something. How many rings does Aaron Rodgers have? One. How many rings does Nick Foles have? One. Mm,
2: mm, mm. Now we know that's ridiculous. Like, He's <laughs> a gentleman. I'm just playing like,
1: we I'm just playing y'all.
2: Tyron Lue
1: <laughs> got a not, ring too.
2: We know, you know that's I mean? ridiculous, so, right? Anyway. Tyron Lue. Yeah, after you guys stepped over by that's your boy right. AI, that was one of the best moments ever. That was a That was a
1: dope <laughs> sports moment. Even um, if you're just a football, I mean, just a football. If you're just a fan of sports. That was cool, right? Because you know AI I mean?
2: knew, like, bro, you can't handle yeah, me. Get off, get out of
1: here! So, Come on, man. Next up,
2: where we at? We got the Titans, man. The Titans, who are all who I also thought were um, were impressive. Um, some of their team stats: so they were twenty sixth in, in passing yards a game on offense. They were nineteenth in the rush game with one hundred and seven per game, and then they also were thirty first and 15. Oh, I take that back. They were 27th. I was reading the wrong spot. They were 27th in the league in points per game at 19.4. So, at the end of the league, and when it comes to the, these two these two teams, part of the problem is even if they're picking up real estate, they're not scoring. One's 27th. Uh, the Titans are 27th. The Jags are 31st. They're just not putting up points. If you plan on winning in the NFL, you gotta put up points. It's the and, you know, There's no other I don't care what sport you're playing in. You gotta put up points. So And defensively, um, this is where, this is why I'm calling this the division of defense, the Titans are 8th in total defense, giving up 333 yards um, pass yards per game, they're 6th at 216, and I'm going to tell you why shortly, um, they are 18th in rushing, giving up 116 per game, them and the Jags are 19 and uh, 18 and 19 right next to each other, and then they were 3rd in points per game so where they are weak, the Titans and Jags, both 27th and 31st in points per game on offense, on defense, they're both third and fourth in total points given up in a game. That's ridiculous. This is why I'm telling you all of them. This whole, all four of these teams are all ranked within the top 10 on defense in total points in a game.
1: That's insane.
2: They're good. They, You have a hard time scoring on all four of them. I don't care what game you're playing in. So I, I just thought that was, uh, just, I found it crazy. They all play good defense in there. So coming up on some of the stats from last year, we have Mariota. Um, 68% on passes, 2,500 yards, 7.6 average. Come on, bro. You can't even average a first down on, <laughs> uh, throwing the football? Come on, man. Oh, man. 11 touchdowns, 8 interceptions. He was sacked 42 times. QBR 50, 92 quarterback rating. So I don't know what which, which you like better. I try to give both. Some don't like the QBR. Some don't like the QB rating. They both try to encompass a, a, a quarterback as a whole the best it can. You know, the stats will get better as we go along. Um, Derrick Henry, he had 1,059 yards. Four point nine per average is what you're looking for in twelve touchdowns, and then I also thought it would be a good idea to bring up Deion Lewis, who is also a PPR guy who people want on their team. Especially we, me and Vince, do a very deep league where we have fourteen teams, so Dion Lewis is going to be on somebody's oh, yeah. list. Even in twelve, is Dion Lewis is a guy you're going to want maybe for a flex, flex spot yep. um, as a handcuff for for Derrick Henry because he's a big guy, he takes a lot of big hits. So he had um, he averaged. Not average. He ran for 517 yards last year. Um, he averaged 3.3 3 in one touchdown. And then at receiver, who I like, Corey Davis, I was pretty high on him, drafted him last year. Um, he's a rookie, 65 catches, 891 yards, 13.7, for touchdowns. I am impressed with him, and we're going to dig in a little bit. And then Taewon Taylor, who is their second-best receiver, um, at 30, uh, 37 receptions, 466 yards, and 12.6 average. Um, they have some good. They have some really good receivers. But I do think that Corey Davis to Mariota when Mariota was in, it was there, mm-hmm. and I was paying attention because I had him and I was starting him at this time. He was my flex, and um, him and Mariota, they got it going. Yeah, like he, they, had, he, had they, they, he had a couple good games too. He had a couple big ones for yeah. me. I really appreciated it. Um, he was very very good for them. So, uh, what are your feelings? How are you feeling about the Titans?
1: <laughs> <laughs> so listen. For me, it is one guy on his team. That's Derrick Henry. That's it. Uh I love Delaney Walker too. I, okay. I I had him two years ago. I had him last year. I think well, I don't remember if he got hurt preseason. But I had I, I know I had him the year before that. Delaney Walker's old faithful. You know what I mean? He's a he's at that bottom tier tight end thing. Yeah. But to me, man, this team is just uh, it's just a it's a shoulder shrugger. You know what I mean? I'm interested to see what AJ Brown brings. AJ Brown is the rookie uh drafted out of Ole Miss. Here we go again, y'all. I'm SEC bias, but uh, <laughs> hey, look, man, it is what it is. But Derrick Henry, man, <laughs> listen. Todd Gurley and Alvin Kamara were the only players in the NFL to rack up more touchdowns than Derek's Henry. Derrick Henry's twelve touchdowns, two, two yes. guys. And if you knew, if you follow, if you're listening to us, you know the deal. Derrick Henry was a Derrick Henry was a late bloomer last year. Like the, the beginning of his season was terrible. Right. And he was drafted so high. He was killing people. Right. And then he emerged. I don't know if you dropped him last year. I don't know if you were able to get, grab him off of waivers. Personally, in one league, I was able to pick him off, off of waivers. Somebody dropped him, I think, like week seven or eight. Right. You know, and, and, you know, you can't blame him because he had a dad first half of the year. And then in my 14-team league... Listen, I tell you, I said it again. Uh, this is the second episode I'm saying it. There's a guy in my league. I was trying to trade for Derrick Henry all year because not, I can't tell you I knew this was going to happen. I just knew he was undervalued. Now, this guy will tell you that he wasn't letting him go because he knew this was happening. Right. That guy is full of crap because if he knew it was going to happen, he should have went and played Lotto instead of playing fantasy. <laughs> um, he was just a stubborn dude. And And I'm going to tell you right now, stop being stubborn in fantasy, y'all. I was stubborn for years. And when I started to open my mind, and do more research and make some trades. Because if you ain't trading, you ain't trying, right? Um, Derek Henry. Uh, he's and going- the
2: one thing, I guess, an update from camp on him—he's out with a calf. I saw so, that. So yeah. he's taking this—you know—I ain't worried about time. it. Right. I, I agree with yeah. you. I don't think it's anything that's a big deal. Um, I'm with you. I, I believe in Derrick Henry. And I thought, you know, also I think why he had that 1,000-yard season and 12 touchdowns. They started playing to his game. Before, they had him running plays that were made for like, I don't know if you guys remember another fantasy monster in the past, Arian Foster. Who? So he's like, you, you're you going to want, with, with an Arian Foster, you want to run a zone offense, a what zone run What division did Arian Foster play in? He played in the AFC South for the Texans. Do you think he ever played a full season? No, he did not. Okay, well, <laughs> but when he did, irony, he was spectacular. And they ran, they ran a zone run. That means you want to try to spread out, and you want your running back to choose where he goes. You want them to have a to choice,
1: Kevin. Y'all, he played offensive line. What is a zone run scheme?
2: And this is you want to get all your offensive linemen on the outside shoulder. Whether you're going to the left, you want to get on that outside shoulder, get on those guys, and create space, create holes. And it's up to the running back to choose where he goes. Whether he takes it outside, whether he hits that a gap because it's there whether he hits the B gap it's all between them and he's going to run off of his offensive lineman and what they're doing that's not Derrick Henry Derrick Henry is 6'3 he is 250 pounds he is not a zone running, running a back big boy. get that boy downhill and start running people over. That's it. Now, he did have that one famous run where he had that 99-yard run. Yeah, where it was nuts. Oh, my gosh. He, where he showed a little speed. Yo, he, I, he was stiff-arming, spinning. It was yo, unbelievable. You know what's crazy
1: was that I remember <laughs> that game. It was a Thursday night football game against the Jags. And I remember so many people had him on the bench. That was his breakout game of the season. And he had like 49 points. Yep. And I remember dudes being like, yo, I got him on the bench. The dude in my league had... The, again... Listen, I don't. He don't. He's one of them old school guys. He ain't gonna. I, I'm gonna say it. He probably ain't gonna ever listen. I even know I'm gonna try to get him to. If he hears this, you were not right. You just had him in your lineup. Don't tell me he, he's You're one of the guys. Lucky, yeah, he's
2: one of them guys, man, <laughs> I knew it. I knew, it. yeah,
1: all right, bro. You know what I mean. Whatever. You can
2: say you knew it if he's in the lineup. I guess that's part of fantasy, though. If he's in the lineup, man, and you drafted him, that says you knew it. You believed See, and in
1: him. I respect people that are just like, look, I put him there because that was the best I had, right? And he bo- and he had a game. You know what I mean? That's that's the kind of guy I am. If you knew he's gonna ball out like that, did you put him in a DraftKings lineup? Right? Did you put him in a FanDuel lineup? Oh, oh, you did. Come here, let me shake your hand. And, and you want some
2: money, so buy me lunch too. <laughs> and then, um, so De- Henry, we're in on. Like, if you could get him, get him. Dion Lewis, if you're in a deeper league, I like Deion. or I think I think he's good, a good for a flex spot. They're still going to try to get him the ball out of the backfield. They do a lot of good things with uh, with Dion Lewis. He has the skills, uh, and uh, but you only want Dion if you're in a PPR. You're not going to want Dion in any other league. Agreed. Um, but I will say, and I, I like Corey. I like Corey Davis too. He's <laughs> he's, a, he's a guy that I think could be. If he could be your flex, even better. I even think he's good enough to be a receiver. He's their number one receiver yeah. for their team, and I think he'll be viable. But I think right now his his largest ceiling for this season, I would probably say is receiver two. Okay, I, I would. I definitely don't want him as a one. I'm not taking him as my first receiver on my fantasy league. Yeah. But I will say a sleeper for this squad. Well, go ahead. Vince. Wait, wait, wait,
1: sleeper. I think. Yeah. Oh my! I swear, I think we're going the same way. Wait,
2: wait, wait, wait. All right, on three, say the name. I like it. All right. One, two, three. Adam
0: Humphreys. Humphreys! What? Did we just become best friends? Yup.
2: Yes! <laughs> Knew it! Yes. He ain't a sleeper anymore, y'all. No, no longer a sleeper. What Adam Humphreys from the slot coming from Tampa Bay. Um I, 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 he's just quintessential. He is the quintessential slot receiver. He gets open, he understands the space, he knows when to sit down. So if you're in when when I say sit down, ladies and gentlemen, if they're in a zone and the receiver realizes, oh the linebacker's a little bit too far to the middle. The corner's a little bit too far back or too far to the outside. And he's like, oh, they left me all this space in the middle of the field. Instead of anything, if he's on a, uh, on, a on a slot option, he'll just turn around, sit down, and the quarterback's just going to feed him. He'll turn around and get what he can get out of it. Mm-hmm. Get an easy seven yards. That's what you want out of your slot guy or your tight end. Those people that, that spend a lot of their time in the middle of the football field. And I thought he did a great job of that last year with Tampa Bay. He is just a quintessential slot guy, and I think he Somebody that you want, uh, definitely. I think. I think his max was probably a slot. Mm-hmm. Now. It could change because we're going to have to watch the season. a little Absolutely. Bit. How are they going to use him? Are they going to use him more? Um, you know, does Taewon Taylor kind of take some of that stuff? How are they going to deliver? And I think you're going to figure that out throughout the season, but don't forget about Adam Humphreys. Cause he can be, he might be able to win you a few games there in that slot. Not a big touchdown guy, but you can get yourself six, six, seven catches, yeah. get yourself 55, 60 yards and, and he can be great for you.
1: Yeah. If you're playing, um, you know, PPR or even half point PPR, this guy is definitely someone to keep on your radar. Uh, the, if, if you're playing in what I call as uh, Fisher-Price training wheels leagues, anything under 10. If you're in a 10-team or 8-team league, you ain't looking at this guy. And if you're in a 10-team or 8-team league, um, you can talk to my wife because she wants to play in that league too. Um, If you're average, you're playing in a 12-team league. And if you're with the big boys like me and Kev, you're playing in a 14. In a 14-team league, I could see him getting drafted late because there are a few people that are aware of Adam Humphrey's skill set. In a 12-team league, I don't know if he gets drafted, um, but he's somebody you want to monitor. And um, I'll be honest, I think if he has a big game early, you're going to want to jump on him. Um, they, they open up at Cleveland. At Cleveland, that's a tough division. I mean, that's a tough game on the road. Their next two games are divisional games. They're at home for Indy, and they're at Jacksonville. They got three tough defenses all in a row, and then they're going to play Atlanta. Now, listen, this is what I'm trying to tell you guys. Keep an eye on Adam Humphreys because those first three games are tough defenses. So he might not get the exposure that he deserves, so to say. If you watch these games like a real football fan, watch Adam Humphreys. If he's getting some passes deflected, if they're, you know, maybe he's dropping passes, or if it just seems that him and Mariota aren't on the same page, that's something to watch for. But if he's getting accurate throws, and maybe just not getting the the yak right. yards after catch, right. from, by the way. um He's somebody you want to monitor because I could see a nice matchup September 29th at Atlanta. We all know Atlanta's defense is not – that good. They they did a lot in the offseason. And they had the injuries last year, so we got to
2: give them a, give them a I, break. I am.
1: And I'm, I told you I'm high on Atlanta. If you guys listened to us last episode, I, I like Atlanta. Right. But that's a game where not only DFS, but that might be that waiver pickup for you because I could see him not blowing up those first three games, maybe having one game in the double digits there, potentially. Because, um, again, Cleveland, Indy, and Jacksonville, three hard defenses, three defenses with good defensive backs at that. um. But Atlanta, a little sketchy. Then you got Buffalo and Denver. This is where he might pick up steam, and you want to have him on your team before the stock rises.
2: That's all I got for Tennessee. I like that. I have one more thing. Talk to me. So Kevin Byard just signed, signed a $70 million contract, $31 million guaranteed, and everybody like, who the hell is Kevin Byard? Mm -hmm. And I actually have a very funny Twitter conversation between Kevin Byard and Deion Sanders. And Deion Sanders is on Twitter saying, you're looking at who writers tell you who's the best. I know who players and former players feel is the best. I rest my case. You continue to be a fan, and I will continue being the man. And this was... Deion Sanders response to Kevin Byard saying, how do you make this statement and not include the two first team AP all pro safeties? So Deion Sanders talking all of this stuff, but he doesn't name Kevin Byard and so, and one of the best, as one of the best players in the league. Now, last season, he had 90 tackles. He had two sacks. He had eight passes defended and four interceptions. Now, in the last three seasons, Kevin Byard has the most interceptions of all safeties at 12. And he is just around the ball way more often than any other safety in the league. It's just ridiculous. Um, uh, I have the stats here saying that, oh, shoot. The last two seasons, no defensive back has been around the ball more than him. His 177 tackles, 12 interceptions, and 24 24 passes defended in 2017 and 18 struck all contours of the field. As per ESPN.com, the guy is just, he's phenomenal. He's everywhere. He picks it, and you know who he reminds me of? If you guys need a reminder of who Kevin Byard is and why he got so much money, one of my favorite players of all time. When we got him, I never thought it would happen. Charles Charles Woodson.
1: I knew he was going there.
2: He did everything. He could blitz. He could cover he your corner. Do. He can tackle. He could play at safety. He could play at linebacker. This is what Kevin Byard does. This is why the Titans. Uh, quietly gave him thirty one million, making him the highest paid safety in the league. Because there is no part of the field you can't put him somewhere. It's kind of like Troy Polamalu or Ed Reed. It's like where the hell Troy Polamalu is here, he's there, he's everywhere, and it's annoying and annoys quarterbacks. Famously, Peyton Manning would get angry in games because where he thought Troy Polamalu was supposed to be, he never was, and Troy Palomalo, Troy Polamalu knew that Peyton Manning was thinking that. So he's like, go ahead, think I'm going to be there and I'm going to do whatever I want because they allowed that. But Kevin Byard is that kind of guy and he wants to be great and I just want to let everybody know it sounds like he's worth that, that $70 million, that 31 guaranteed that he got from the, Tex- from the Titans.
1: I got to tell you, Kev, that was awesome. I mean, you know, we, we come into this thing with notes Kev don't read my notes, and uh, I don't read his because he's got Pigeon Scratch handwriting. No, I'm just joking. Uh, <laughs> i got good handwriting, man. I, I, really yeah, I, didn't good. Even, I don't even see yeah. his handwriting. I'm joking, y'all. But what I'm saying is, like, I, I don't look at his stuff, you know what I mean? And, and we kind of do that so that we also learn from each other. That was That's some game right there, you know what I mean? And it makes me kind of respect Kevin Byard a little bit more. Um,
2: and after hearing that, y'all should too. Right, you know I mean, so right. keep an eye on that. He does everything. He's great, and the Titans are a viable defense to to keep. They they were they were fourth in the league. Uh, they were fourth in the league in um, third, actually, in points per game. Mm-hmm. So that's what you're looking for. You're looking for a defense that stops teams from scoring. And obviously, uh, they could they could be a little bit better in the run game, but they're still sixth in the pass game. So they're they're a defense that you kind of you want on your radar when you're looking at fantasy squads for sure.
1: And it's definitely something, you know what, what makes me think of this, when you talk about these defenses and stuff like that, um, if you're a betting guy out there, there's something you want to look at totals with these teams playing against each other because uh, I don't see a big explosive offense from a lot of these teams. You know what I mean? I, I know that they have some firepower, but uh, this is, what I'm saying is looking at totals and looking at unders with these teams because there's a lot of good defensive players. And the quarterbacks... Um, Although, you know, they might have high upside, you know, Mariota, Foles, they kind of make you cringe. Right. You know, um, we know Deshaun Watson can set it off. Yes. Especially that
2: first season. That was
1: spectacular, what he did
2: his first season in in
1: the NFL. And we're about to get to them. And, um, you know, if you don't respect Andrew Luck, you should. But... Other than that, man, I don't know. I like. And by I like the way, if you
2: don't respect Andrew Luck, I don't want to talk to you. Okay. Even even if you're in his division and you hate them, Vince hates the Patriots. He can't stand them. But the one Who? thing he does I don't do even say that right, name, he doesn't bro. even recognize them. But. Right. The uh, uh, the one thing I'll give him credit for, he never hate, he like he hates on Tom Brady, but he also respects him. He knows obviously the guy is consistent. He gets the job done. If you're gonna be one of them fans that's gonna be talking to us and, te- and, and and spitting crap that don't make any sense, and you're not respecting somebody's actual game, like people do with LeBron, he's not the greatest. He's not one of the greatest players ever. Get out of my face, bro. I don't want to hear none of that. So um, but you got to give credit where credit's due. If you, if you uh, cre- Andrew Luck is great. But speaking of Andrew Luck. Let's jump into the Colts. You know,
1: uh, before you get there, Go you're ahead. talking about the guy up there in Boston. You know, and uh, they say, "Know thy enemy." Right. Uh, today is Tom Brady's birthday.
2: Oh, uh, happy birthday, Tommy!
1: <laughs> Again,
2: know <laughs> thy that in your know
1: house. <laughs> thy enemy. Okay, so I got to know it all on you, Tommy. I know your <laughs> I know your birthday, bruh. They call him up there in Boston. Touchdown, Tommy. <laughs> Moving on, moving on to the Colts. So let me give you some. Now we're Houston, Texans dog. Are we, oh. are we going Colts? Where are we going? I thought yeah. we go. Going- oh yeah, you know what? Colts. I is- screwed up. My bad. See, I have it so embedded in my head that the Colts are the best team in this division. I thought they won the division last. They year. did not. So you are right. We are on to H- <laughs> the- yeah, we are on to the Indianapolis Colts. My
2: bad. So I'm going to give you some offensive team stats. So they were sixth in passing per game with 278. They were 20th in rushing with 170 yards per game. Uh, in the rush game, and then they were fifth in points per game. So they were really good at getting points. When they got into the red zone, they did really good. And you know what? I'm going to start adding some red zone stats, which I think is very important to fantasy. I don't do those. And the percentage that... So when you're in the red zone, for those of you who may not know, is within if you're in in between the 20 on either side of the field, that's the red zone. The time where we got to score, we got to get inside. I'm going to start adding those stats to there because that's huge for fantasy. What is the percentage of time that a team enters the red zone and they come out successful which is at least getting three points or ultimately of course the best part the touchdown um so defensively the Colts were 11th in total defense like I said this is the defensive division in my opinion everybody's ranked in the top 12 in total defense in this division um so they were 11th uh, giving up 339 yards total a game um passing yards per game they were 16th could be better there 237 eighth in rushing which I thought was really good and that has to do with the boy in the middle on that defense. We're going to talk about Darius Leonard real soon. Ooh, man. Yes. Shout, yes, shout yes, out yes.
1: to my boy, Robbie Hart. He's out there coaching at Mesa College in California. He's a defensive coordinator, by the way. My boy, Robbie Robbie and and I, Darius Leonard, we love that dude. We spotted him years before his time. So happy for that guy. I'm just tight. He plays in the AFC. That's all. I wish he was in the, <laughs> the NFC so I didn't have to see him
2: so much. But go ahead. Unbelievable. And he led the team in sacks. From a middle linebacker, what Rook, does, what? rookie. Who does that? Right? Rookie. Like, who does that? Rookie. With seven. <laughs> so um, sorry, guys. Um, so they're eighth in rushing per game, which is a, giving up 101 yards, and then they're tenth in points per game on defense, uh, 21 and a half. Once again, everybody in this division is ranked in the top 10 in points per game on defense. That's really good. That's
1: crazy. So, That's a crazy stat, y'all. Yep.
2: Yeah. So it's really good. So they play defense in this in this crew. Um so here's some of the stats from last year. We have Andrew Luck, um 67% uh, completion percentage, 4593 yards, 39 touchdowns. Fifteen interceptions, Ooh, sixty-nine oui. QBR, and ninety-eight uh, QB rating. The fifteen interceptions, he probably won a few less from a guy of his caliber, but he is known to um, he's known to take those a couple of those extra risks. Maybe he shouldn't have. he have a few uh, knucklehead moments, but overall, the guy is just flat out great. Um, let me give you some other stats from some of the best players on the squad. We have T.Y. Hilton, seventy-six catches, twelve hundred seventy yards, sixteen point seven average. That boy gets down the field, man. Um, six touchdowns. You want more of those? But he was hurt off and on. He played. He played tough in the playoffs with that ankle or that foot. He sucked it up, man. I, I real. I was really impressed with T.Y. Hilton for that. The surprise of all surprises last year, Eric Ebron from the uh, Detroit Kitty Cats, as Vince says. <laughs> the Detroit Kitty Cats. I like, I like you remember that. Yeah. <laughs> I think you
1: were just doing that because you're a Packers fan. They're a division rival. So you like that name you're sticking with it.
2: I, I, I'm not going to call them that because they're just, you know, he's always going to throw the pick over there in Detroit. So I'm not ever really worried about them. Um, so Ebron, 66 catches, 750 yards, 11.4, 13 touchdowns. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, 13 touchdowns. From he led Eric the lead Ebron. in touchdowns. Unbelievable.
1: 11. <laughs> listen to me, y'all. 11 red zone touchdowns touchdowns for Eric Ebron
2: that lets you know the Andrew Luck effect is real and and Ebron uh that all that talent because he is the quintessential um he is the quintessential tight end as far as size height uh quickness hands he has all of that he was great and then Marlon Mack who had 909 yards he was also another surprise who I was really impressed with and he'll definitely be on my um on my fantasy meter going into the drafts this August had 908 yards nine touchdowns uh, uh four point seven yards per average, um, and then Darius Leonard, a hundred and eleven solo tackles, seven sacks, four forced fumbles, and two interceptions. And ladies and gentlemen, he is twenty two years old. He's a baby, like he's literally. This still, boy
1: is going to be around for a long time.
2: Right, like for a long time. Um, so I was really impressed with that. Um and I'm so glad my, I'm
1: so glad my Jets don't got to play them this year. <laughs> we'll catch good, them man. next year or something like that, but I don't want them hurt my boy Sammy.
2: And this is like future. All like their future is young. Oh, yeah. The oldest guys you're you're talking about here is TY, TY Luck and maybe Ebron as far as um experience and being in the league, those are your they, veterans on
1: that squad. They're not even 30 yet. Right? Ebron Ebron might be 30, but he might he's getting yeah. there. he might be getting close there. Yeah. So
2: wh- what are your thoughts on the Colts, man? What you-
1: Andrew Luck, thank you okay you, you, you held me down last year and you you helped me win my chip um my boy out there shout out to my boy aka I like I don't even call him by his real name his name is money making Marquette uh, he used to work with him the US Army all- American okay game. oh okay so he met Andrew luck firsthand say he's a great kid um he's a bit of a herb you know he, you he's cr- very much like an
2: all shucks uh, kind of guy yeah, an and, and he's
1: genuine like he's just a nerdy dude you know what I can't stand about the guy I, you know I think it's funny because I don't play in the league but uh, as a player it would drive me nuts is I, I'm sure you out there if you really watch football you hear the sound clips do get sacked
2: oh nice hit man I love that Andrew Luck congratulates the other players when they sack him Nice etiquette to football where there's violence. Good job, big boy. little Ah, oh, big
0: strong man next.
1: Quick yeah. sack. All right, I didn't see you coming. You know, that to me is just, I mean, first of all, it screams Herb. You know what I mean? And second of all, that's got to infuriate you that he's literally like, I've seen him get up Shuts. after a sack and smack the guy in the butt, like goes a good tackle, like. Man, shut up. You yeah. know, like he's a
2: herb, but this is the guy you want as your quarterback. Right. And it's genuine. Like if you're somebody is that, you just want it to not be fake, and I don't think he can help no, it. It's just no. who he is. This is a guy
1: on Saturday night that's in bed at eight o'clock and he's watching Netflix with his girlfriend from high school. Wait,
2: wait, wait. let me add something to your he has a book club that he does every June where oh, they yo, read a, a book. Where they actually read books and get together, and they all talk. He is a book nerd, man. He has his own book club where they get together in the summers, and the off season, to talk about books that he likes. So
1: this guy is a herb.
2: <laughs> don't I like reading? So I can't I can't hate on him. But
1: no 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 no. Don't whoa. Don't get me wrong. I got Kev can see. I'm pointing at a stack of books there. I like to read also. but right. I ain't in no book club. I,
0: <laughs> I ain't in a no book club.
1: This guy's a millionaire, and he's in a book club yeah. willingly. He's a herb, yeah, right? But I want a herb as my football player. You know why? I, I want a herb leading my team, especially at quarterback, because he I ain't got to worry about him going out on a Saturday night partying. I ain't gotta worry about him getting into trouble in the media. The most thing this guy's ever gonna—he's the kind of guy I don't even think he squashes a bug in his house. Right. He's the kind of guy that lifts up the bug with the paper and puts him outside <laughs> and puts him down and goes, "There you go, have a good day, buddy." I'm Meanwhile, feel, I'm, I'm out I'm
2: there f- running around my house with my slipper trying to kill it. I'm feeling you know? persecuted right now because I did. Me and my wife did let a uh, a nice ant out of the house, so the cat didn't eat oh, it. Oh my god. Oh man, you should have let that cat have yeah. snack. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Andrew Luck, I can't you
1: can't say a bad thing about this guy other than the fact that he's a herb. He probably shops at Target even though he's got millions of dollars. <laughs> you know what I mean? He could be wearing Gucci belts and stuff like that. He probably don't even know where he could buy Gucci. No, serious. Um, but that's the guy I want as my quarterback. And fantasy-wise, man, listen, I'll take this dude again. You know what I mean? If Anytime. he's in the right spot, I'm I'm snagging him up. I'm not going to go too big on it, but let me tell you something. Their backup quarterback, I'm high on too. Jacoby Brissett is is I think he should be a starter on another team. But I guess they're a little wary about Andrew Luck's health. Again, I told you, the guy never played a full season. Uh, even last year, he only played 16 games. Um, but Jacoby Brissett, I love him, man. And I'm, I'm, I think that if they could bring up their third string uh, quarterback, Phillip uh, Walker, uh, and they bring him along and up to speed, they're going to send Jacoby Brissett packing one day to a team that needs a quarterback.
2: I have a question for you on jo- Jacoby Brissett. Yeah. Uh, who set his foundation? Who did he play for Before he was in Indianapolis? I, I, I
1: have no recollection Of that before He went to the Indianapolis <laughs> Vince, Colts
2: uh, Vince won't No answer. recollection Patriots They no, set him up no, They had him going
1: No The big tuna Bill Parcells <laughs> Spotted him in, in high school And he it, stood with him Along the way And then he told That dude up there In Boston To look They'd out for him, him. Come on, Bill. I do agree though. You played. Come on, Bill. You you were with us. You were with Gang Green. I'm talking about Bill Parcells, by the way. <laughs> Don't give the enemy information. God. Anyway, I like Jacoby. Um, another guy I'm high on this team for Nae- sure. Naeem Hines.
2: He's another one. Rookie, by the way.
1: Last year, let me tell you something about Naeem Hines. He had the tenth most targets as a rookie running back eighty one targets last year. Now Marlon Mack didn't play the whole season. He was you know, hurt. so yep. he you know he definitely had uh you know the opportunity. But Naeem Hines is somebody you want to watch out for in PPR and in deep leagues. I'm not going to say that it's a split carry kind of thing because Marlon Mack is going to to ball. But Naeem Hines Hines is going to be somebody to watch for. Um, Definitely in my 14-team league, he's out there. If you play in a deep league, if you're playing dynasties, this is a guy to keep your eye on. Um, It's tough, though, because uh, Marlon Mack is going to break out. Uh, he, He could have did it last year. He's going to have a big year. This team is loaded loaded with talent on offense. I just don't know if they could all, you know, play together. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you guys they're all this listen to the, listen to their their running backs. Marlon Mack, Naeem Hines, Spencer Ware, Jordan Wilkins, all these guys can ball.
2: And Wilkins came in for a few times last yeah. year. And I was like, oh, he can play. Some, like, sometimes
1: <laughs> you could even pick him up as a streamer in fantasy. Right. You know, these guys could play, they could all catch you know, it's just can they stay healthy? And again, in this division, you know how you know my tune at
2: this point. Wait, wait, and let me add to th- what please, you were saying. Please do. Uh, I was in um, in the Willow Glen League that, that we used to be in together. I had drafted um, Le'Veon Bell. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we all know what happened. Le'Veon didn't play. Naeem Hines gave me a chance to survive. Oh, yeah. Because I was so low. Nobody wanted to trade with me, of course, because I had Le'Veon Bell and they didn't want to take that chance. So I was like, I got to find somebody on the wire. And he kept me alive for a while with his PPR games, man. Yeah, drop he,
1: it. he was consistent 10, 12 points it, a game. Yes, yeah. and
2: I'm like, I'll take that right now. And it actually kept me afloat, gave me a little bit of a chance. In and then I wound up getting blown out the water later. But for when I still had hope that Le'Veon was coming back, he kept me alive. Let um, me tell you
1: something what I did with Naeem Hines real quick. I was able to flip Naeem Hines and I I want to say it was oh man, it was somebody It was now ah oh man, I'm gonna lose it, but it was I did a two for one. Okay. Let me tell you something. You ever do a two for one, a three for one? You're really doing one for one. Right. The, when you do those three for one, two for one trades, the guy that's getting the one is really the one making out. Right. You know what I mean? It ain't the guy that's giving away three because right. you're really, when you're giving away three, you you're you already got your eye on two guys on waiver wire right? or one guy on the waiver wire and that's exactly what I did. I flipped Naeem Hines and somebody else for George Kittle. Oh, wow. Because Naeem Hines had good, solid games. He did. And he was a good flex spot or RB2 filler for a bye week in deeper leagues. Again, y'all, if you're playing in one of them baby leagues with the Fisher-Price hoop and the little training wheels in an 8-league or 10-team league, I don't think you're going to find Naeem Hines on your roster. Right. But in a 12-teamer, definitely in the big boy league, in a 14-team league, he's going to be a starter. Agreed. Flex... RB2, you know, depending on your situation.
2: Right, depending on where you draft, how many teams you have. But I think at the in, in some of the lighter leagues where you have 10 or 12, he'll probably be a flex option in your 14. He might be your RB2. You might oh, you, yeah. you might need him. But I don't know. that. I find that very scary. Right? Because listen to this. Marlon Mack played 12 games, meaning he missed four, right? Mm-hmm. He missed four games, and I'm going to say his stats again. In twelve games, he had 908 yards, 4.7 per carry, and nine touchdowns while missing four games. Imagine he had those other ones; we'd be talking about him as a first-round pick if he stayed healthy, right? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I don't know how else we talk about it. And then he also had, yeah. Um, and then he also had 17 receptions for 103 yards, so he wasn't as huge in the passing game for for the Colts. Um, but. Uh, why can't he be? Why couldn't he add that to his repertoire in this offseason? Other than getting healthy, is being able to catch the ball. So um, right now, I'm going to stick with Mac. And I think he's going to be the guy. Given no stats, and and you got to know the coach is looking at it. The running backs coach, offensive coordinator, like what he gained that much that much uh, uh, real estate in that, and with only 12 games, we're going to have to give him the ball more.
1: Listen, Marlon Mack is going to be a baller. Okay, I'm gonna tell you that right now. As long as he can stay healthy, he's gonna be a baller, and that's my only hesitation on Naeem Hines and Spencer Ware is how much time is you know Marlon Mack gonna take away from those guys. How much can he be a factor? that maybe you know those guys you know in Houston front office and and and, and um you know the offensive coordinators are going to be like wait a minute is it Frank Rice the head coach you know they're going to be like you know what this guy needs to stay on the field more and uh you know I think we're coming into a new realm in sports I we mean, you know baseball I think the adopted it from the baseball is they might ship you know Naeem Hines or Spencer Ware away Throwing that trade downline to a team that had an injury, right. but keep in mind there's depth here with running back. So if one for of these sure. guys goes down, if for some reason Spencer Ware or Naeem Hines is out, you know Jordan Wilkes is ready to go, or vice versa. You know um, this receiving core. I mean, this is there's a lot of upside here. Uh, I've never had the luxury of T.Y. Hilton on my team. I know Kev's big on
2: him. He's wonderful to have, man. I yeah, love him.
1: And 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 I'm not I'm not gonna discredit that. I just I really worry about the injury factor. I know if I get TY, he's missing some games. So you gotta be, you know, deep at your wide receiver if you have T.Y. Hilton on your team. Again, my opinion. But they added somebody. And they added
2: somebody that I think could make a big impact. I know exactly who you're talking about. We're gonna do about. this again? Yeah, we're gonna have to do this one more time. But do wait Do you agree with me though? I, I I agree with you. Okay for sure. But I think we're on the same page. But hold on, let me set up Go before ahead. we get there. Go ahead, because I think it's gonna lead into it. I just want to talk about the 2018 draft real quick. Go ahead. Um, this is why they got better. They had drafting Quentin Nelson in the first round. He when I tell you, ladies and gentlemen, this is a guard. He is one he's a guy who blocks for he is a nasty. He's dog. No, oh, oh he I is, know you're talking about. Who he yeah. is now like he gets me excited yeah. for, for offensive line play. He's the guy that nobody wants to go. He's he he'll shove your face in the ground. He is going to pound you and he wins. It's not Say his Nick, name again.
1: Uh, Quentin Nelson, listen, ladies and gentlemen. Look he's into good. this boy. Okay, because I even I did. I love I love me. Listen, Kevin was offensive lineman. Right,
2: that's why I like talking about the big And, and boys. you
1: should, because you know what? They go overlooked. And even if if you really know me. You know what I've been wanting for years for my boys to draft. We haven't drafted a big offensive lineman since Nick Mangold, oh, right. since Debrickashaw Ferguson. Ferguson. You, had a, you I've guys been, had
2: a great offensive line in those years, man. I,
1: I was I've been begging for one because you know what I want the offensive. I want if you you know me, you've heard me say it. as a friend of mine, you've heard me say. Give me that big old country boy from Iowa yep. chewing on a barley wheat. Yeah. Or I want some big old
2: southern boy eating gumbo. Right. I want me a big offensive lineman. I don't know where this kid is from, but this dude is legit. He is, he, and when I say he is very good, he is great. And then they all, they got, and by the way, we were talking about Darius Leonard and how good he was. They got him in the second round. You talk about value? Mm. Value? You're going to have a transcendent middle linebacker. For the next 10 to however many years or however long his body can take it. And they got him in the second round. And they also drafted Braden Smith, who ended up becoming a starter for them. So, (laughs) before this, Andrew Luck was one of the most sacked quarterbacks in the NFL. Uh, We'll talk about, and the most sacked quarterback is the team sitting on top of them right now, which is Deshaun Watson. But we'll get into that. Oh, shit. But, uh, but wait a minute.
1: You know what where happened? this boy's from? I gotta give some love, dog. He's an East Coast, Northeast Coast dude. Penn State? He's from Jersey, dog.
2: Oh, I oh, actually living. I thought you were talking about. Timmy yeah. played for. Oh, I didn't he know that. Jersey, yeah. Okay. Oh, uh, I never heard of
1: it though. Homedale, Homedale, New Jersey. <laughs> oh, I don't. I don't know. Listen, then. I don't know how to say it. Man, he's from Jersey. <laughs> I respect the kid. Okay, that's that's what's up, man. I didn't know that. He went to he went to Red Bank Red Bank Catholic, um, and played college. You know what we went to college?
2: I don't. Oh man, this is the one I I haven't missed in a while. I'm gonna All miss good. this one. Oh good. Go ahead. Notre Dame. Oh, uh, okay. But
1: yo, I didn't know he was from Jersey. I like the kid more now.
2: So think about it, Andrew Luck with these two draft picks, with Braden Smith and and um, Quentin uh, Quentin Nelson. Nelson. With that, they went from the worst offensive league uh, offensive line in the league to tenth. That's sick. only allowed seven sacks previously. Andrew Luck had been sacked... No less than 20 times a year from 2012 to 2016. Those two men, along with the guys who they already had because they drafted a tackle the year before, mm-hmm. solidified everything. It gave—so oh, yeah. imagine Andrew Luck with time. And Andrew Luck is—I is, is, is I don't know if a lot of people think about this. The boy can run. So when it's time to run, he can get busy. And he doesn't do too much. He's not crazy, but he'll pick you up a first down and slide. So um, you give Andrew Luck time, it's scary. It's super scary. Um, so I thought that would lead into who I think we both are talking about in the 2019 draft. So on three, we Let's,
1: promise we ain't going to do this all the time. Y'all.
2: Yeah. We're not going to be this giddy, but I want to make I want to see if we're on the same page. One, what? two, three, Paris. can Oh, I, You know
1: what? I screwed that up, but I was wrong. My bad,
0: y'all. <laughs>
1: I was going Paris Cable, but I was stuttered, but we were right, but it sounded like trash. We apologize, (laughs) y'all.
2: Paris Campbell (laughs) Ohio State Ohio State very good receiver having a great camp by the way based off articles off of ESPN.com the Indianapolis Colts page Um, they love him he's making plays and they only you know some of the other guys who came in last year you have you have uh, Charles Rogers um, you have Pascal yeah Zach Pascal Zach Pascal you have Ryan Grant who came over from the Washington Redskins
1: he's not there anymore though
2: no no this was from last year so you know they brought over somebody else though they got Devin Funches. Ah, uh, I'm yeah. not. Uh, hey, bro, listen. I guess with Andrew you know Luck, he has more yes. value.
1: And you got to understand something, people. When you are the number one guy, you are getting the best corner going against you. Right. Okay. So now you're number two. Devin Funches, Keep your eye on this guy. Right. You know what I mean? I, I'm not saying he's gonna, you know, win your fantasy league or you know your you, you, you know DFS lineups
2: or anything like that, but this is a guy to keep your eye and on. He's going to be a clear. He's going to yeah. be the clear number two guy to start. But Paris Campbell could come in and take care of him. You know what I'm saying? It could be he could come in and be that slot guy, and he can he can put them over the top as far as dynamic because then you'll have you have Ty one, uh, you have Funches two, Paris Campbell in that slot spot, and then you have Jack Doyle and you have Eric Ebron. Mm-hmm. Like, woo, yeah. Woo. yeah,
1: and, and don't then get and out, then out then you the backfield. We get out the back field you got Marlon Mack nine, nine Hines. Hines. This is this is this is a scary squad right here y'all and and, and you want to keep your eye on a lot of these wide receivers because you know I don't know who's going to be blowing up because I mean Chester Rogers had some good games and Zach oh, Pascal Chester
2: Rogers sorry I said Charles no you're good
1: um they was a Charles Rogers that used to play so okay you, you, you're, you know accurate for, at least for that, in that, for sense. that Detroit
2: kitty cats actually. that's right yeah
1: um this team had 10 draft picks now they didn't have a first round pick which is okay um I don't think they needed it. Right. You know what I mean? Um, this team's dangerous. You know, they started out rough last year. Keep in mind, Andrew Luck missed the first two games. You know what I mean? So um I'm 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 excited to see what the Colts are gonna do, and I'm glad they don't play my Jets. Uh there's a lot of, you know, Eric Ebron, he's gonna I, I think although he's gonna be overvalued as far as tight end, I think he had an outlier season. I don't see him repeating that, but Eric Ebron was always this guy on the cusp of blowing up. He yes. was a first-round pick. I mean, a real first-round pick for sure. by the Detroit Kitty Cats. You know, they were just waiting for the ball to drop. Right. You know, and it never did. Um, I, I, You know, I just don't know if it had something to do with that offense over there or did he really just need a good quarterback. Um, but that's okay. You know what? You want to take your Ebron. I'm not going to be mad at you for it because I'm waiting on my boy Jack Doyle.
2: Oh, so really?
0: I had does, Jack. Does, doesn't it make
2: you? Doesn't they make you a little more scared though? Because there's two of them, and they have so many weapons. I, I feel like I have to settle into now. Obviously, you have to make your choice on who you're gonna pick before the season starts. But uh, I don't know. I, I don't wanna. I want one of them maybe as a backup, but I don't know if I want them to lead me.
1: And that's and that's cool. I'm with Jack Doyle as my number two tight end. Okay. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm setting that up, and uh, I'm cool with if I don't, again, you know we're, we're regressing back to that. If I don't get those top-tier tight ends, you're going to drop a little bit further. I got my eye on a guy already. You know what I mean? And that's kind of where I'm going with the game plan. Um, I try to, um, I, I first of all, I don't like to spread myself out in too many fantasy leagues anymore. I'm trying to limit that. I'm at the stage uh, where I like to play. Excuse me. I'd like to play. <laughs> uh, look, it made me thinking about playing so many fantasy leagues. I almost vomited. Um, I don't like doing that because I'm playing against this guy in one league. I'm starting against him in another. You know, you spread yourself out. So, I'm trying to keep it small. I want to do like three leagues, but I want big money leagues. Right. I want my leagues to count. I'm tired of playing these little leagues where if I win, I'm getting back not even enough to for a grocery run trip. You right. know what I'm saying? Uh, I work all year for this, and I, I'm not one of these people that are just haven't played fantasy for fun. I'm in it to win it. Right. You know what I mean? And if you're playing against me, you better know. I'm 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 on the waiver wire, I'm looking at trades. and you should be too. This is no longer you know, fantasy football is no longer just the, the fun thing to do. You know, and these leagues are getting bigger. My league is, is we we gotta I, I think it's a husky buy in. Right. But I mean the prize is nice. It I is. could pay my mortgage twice with that shit. Yeah. You know what <laughs> I mean? So um and, and and you can't be yo, fantasy comes the prize comes in right at Christmas time, man. Yeah. Like that's a great thing for your family, your significant other, if you're hopefully you're a woman listening to us, your husband, your wife. It's a perfect gift before Christmas. You know what I mean? Agree. So
2: um And then I just want to add one last highlight for their team. They had they signed Kenny Moore to slot to the slot corner. He's actually the highest played slot corner in the league. I did not know that. Uh, They they like him a lot. Um, They said uh, Kenny personifies the characteristics we look for in a cult um, from from ESPN.com. He got signed to a thirty-four million dollar contract, eighteen million guaranteed. He is literally the quintessential slot corner. He's a little bit shorter. He's a little bit lighter. He's very quick. So we were talking about who Adam Adam Humphrey so Mm -hmm. far. You have a Randall Cobb or you have Kiki some. Kuti. Oh, okay, Right. These are some of the guys that are smaller. They're quicker. That that's their that's the size you're looking for in the mm-hmm. slot. And he matches that and he can match their quickness. The Colts seem to really like him a lot. Um and I, I don't know. This S- team is going to be really, really good for a while
1: to come. Speaking of cornerbacks for this team, their first pick this year. I thought this was like an XFL name. <laughs> the guy's <laughs> name is Rock Yassin. I'm not I, no joke. Rock Y A dash S-I-N. Rock Yassin. Uh from Temple. Um I mean if
2: I'm an NFL GM and somebody tells me, like, I was over here watching, I was scouting the other day, and I saw a guy named Rock Hassin. If I never even saw him, sign him. His I love name, that name. His, his, his name you is the name. If you have Rocky rock your name, I want you on my
1: team. Sign me up, dog. <laughs> sign me up. Listen, we spent a lot of time on the Colts, and that that shows you you know, how high we are on this team. We're going to move along. One last thing, y'all, for some entertainment, I am strongly suggesting y'all do this. If you have Twitter, you want to go to Twitter, and you're going to go to Cap, C-A-P-T, Andrew Luck. At Cap Andrew Luck. Kev, do it. This is pure entertainment. This is a parody account for Andrew Luck. I love this. And I'm going to read it to you. It's, a, an, it's an account that sh, it, it, it parodies Andrew Luck as a Civil War sergeant. And he constantly writes letters. And I'm going to read one to you guys real quick. It's hilarious. <laughs> and he always does it. After every game, it's really good. This is preseason stuff, obviously. Dearest Mother... Basic training continues to progress. While my sidearm is operating Illustry General Reich, which is the head coach, has determined the uncomfortable baby cow portion of my leg needs rest. Please do not fret. However, I shall command the planned bison men skirmish from afar. (laughs) Your son, Andrew. He actually probably would write a letter that way based off of how he presents. Yeah, him and his book club. (laughs) Let me tell y'all something. This is a funny account, man. Um after every week or practice, this person whoever runs this account is very funny. Check it out, y'all, on Twitter, CAP, C A P T Andrew Luck. I constantly repost his stuff. I think it's funny. Enough with the Colts. Division winner. Houston Texans.
2: Yes. This is a big one. Like I don't know who I'm going to pick in this, but let, let's just start With some team stats, we already told you they were 11-5. They won the division last year. The Texans on offense, 17th in pass yards per game at 236. Um, 8th in rush yards per game, 126 in points per game, 11th. So the offense is pretty good. Uh, Middle of the pack on passing, uh, pretty good. Very good at running along with Deshaun Watson. I'm going to give you some of that because when we end this, I want to talk a little bit about that playoff game. Um, And like I said, 11th in points at 25 point one per game so uh they're, they're scoring they're pretty good in the red zone and on total on total defense the texans are 12th giving up 343 yards a game uh 28th in pass yards per game yuck 260 a game not very good in, in the past and they're gonna have to get better there but once again this is why it's a defensive league third in rushing and fourth again in points per game and this is on defense so they're only giving up 19 points a game um the Texans are very good on defense. They could get better on offense, but let's start with Deshaun Watson's stats, and then I, I I think we're on opposite ends on this one, aren't we? Didn't we discuss that that you were saying that you you weren't as high on Deshaun Watson? I am right? not. All right, so Deshaun Watson, he was sixty eight percent completion percentage, four thousand one hundred and sixty five yards. He averaged eight eight point two yards. Average per pass, 26 touchdowns, nine interceptions, 103 quarterback rating, and a 60 QBR. What are your thoughts? Actually, let me give you a couple more before we get there. DeAndre Hopkins, 115 catches, 1,572 yards, 13.7 yards a catch, 11 touchdowns. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the best stat from 2018. DeAndre Hopkins did not drop a ball last year, not one either Deshaun Watson was inaccurate or it was close enough for him to catch it and he caught it. And he actually caught one under his leg where he had to pin it under that. That should have been his one drop. That was crazy. If y'all know what we're talking about, Right, yeah, Google yeah, it if you yeah. haven't seen it. Like, crazy catch. He pins it under his leg and pins it on there. Not one drop all year in the 2018, just to add. A, a unbelievable stat, in my opinion.
1: Those 115 receptions, by the way, that was his career high.
2: Yeah, For sure. And I think it there was 134. I think he had 134 targets. So, those, those were just, you know, the, the, that number in between, Deshaun was inaccurate. Um, so, and J.J. Watt, 16 sacks. Clowney had nine sacks. Um, uh, tackles for loss for Watt, 24, and tackles for loss, 19 for Clowney. J.J. That's, Watt,
1: seven forced fumbles last year, too.
2: Yo, you guys, I don't think you understand from a defensive line standpoint, 24 tackles for, like, I don't think y'all get it. Like, they have two guys who are, one's at 19 with Clowney and 24 tackles for loss, nine sacks, like, 16 sacks for Watt, nine sacks for Clowney. Um, and together, when they were both on the field, the other team averaged 3.4 yards per carry. NFL low from Sarah Barshop from ESPN uh, ESPN.com writer. You know what I think
1: about when you say all those things, Kev? Thank God my Jets don't play this team this year. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God my Jets don't play this team this year. So, this, these defenses are scary.
2: They are. They really are good, and especially with them. When they're both on the field, it's unbelievable the the how good they are in the defensive line. So let's start with Watson. Where, where's your radar when it comes to Deshaun?
1: Okay, so with him, the talent is undeniable. I like the guy. The kid knows how to win. Got a national championship under his belt. The scary parts, torn ACL i've i've let me i'm gonna give y'all some insights most of everybody listening to me knows if you know me i've torn my acl twice i've had three knee surgeries torn acl twice torn meniscus once it's a hard injury to bounce back from now granted i didn't have million dollar doctors i didn't have guys million dollar rehab uh you know facilities this guy did so that's a big difference between me and my bum you know rehab down the road <laughs> but that's a big thing that scares me also This offensive line last year was almost dead last. Deshaun Watson was the highest sacked quarterback in the NFL. The highest sacked quarterback in the NFL. Now, I will tell you, they drafted Titus Howard out of Alabama State, offensive lineman. This boy is big, 6'6", 308. Second round, Max Sharping, offensive lineman. Northern Illinois 66 320. Okay, so they did draft some big boys. They got them up there. You know, I just you know, it's tough with with, with with rookies. I'm not saying these guys can't do it. I like that. That's the high side. Um as far as grabbing Deshaun in fantasy, I get worried and I I told you guys uh, in a previous episode when it comes down to winning games, I go to two things. Head coach and quarterback. And I don't trust Bill O'Brien. I don't trust him one bit. Okay. I, I like Deshaun, but uh, I'm trying to stay away from him if I can. If I listen, let me tell you all something. Value you cannot deny. Value if he's in the right spot, I'm grabbing him. I just don't know about backing him on my bets. I don't know about backing him in situations where I got to pick him in a survivor pool, unless we're you know they're playing a cupcake in this schedule. When you win the division. You don't play cupcakes the next year unless right. you're the unless you're the New England Patriots. Right. Okay. You say, what do you well, Vince, stop hating on the Patriots. No. I'm not. <laughs> so. Because I'm gonna I'm gonna digress for a second. We're gonna talk about my division. The New England Patriots don't play a playoff team until week nine. It's a joke. It's a joke. <laughs> Listen. The Houston Texans won their division. Listen to this. Week one at the Saints. Jacksonville, divisional matchup, week three: Chargers, Panthers, Falcons. That sucks. Chiefs, Colts. Okay, finally, it, I, finally, by, come Halloween they play the Raiders at home.
2: That's gonna be really hard. Then they gotta fly
1: to London and play the Jags. Who that? If you know football, Jacksonville, their second home is London. They've been right. playing every they send, year. They there. send them over there every year. So, uh, then they come. <laughs> they got their bye week. Oh, that's cool. Got the bye. Well. Now you got to go to Baltimore. Then you got the Colts again. Guess who you got after the Colts? The Patriots. Then, okay, you got, uh, here's your second cupcake at December 8th, Denver. And they're not a cupcake. You know, they're not. You got them at home. We talked about them last week. Their defense is legit. Tennessee, Tennessee, Tampa, Tennessee to finish the season. You got two easy games in this whole schedule. Right. Good luck with that. That's why I want to stay away from Deshaun. I'm not saying he's a bad player. He's a
2: great talent. This is just a scary, look at that lineup. That's crazy. So, I, despite that, I still love him. If a guy can get me a 103 quarterback rating, 26 touchdowns, 9 interceptions, while being the most sacked quarterback in the league, 62 times he was sacked. That sucks. Yeah. But I also, I read an article uh, on ESPN.com on Houston Texans page and um, about pass block win rates
1: right wait wait, wait 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 you got this from the Houston Texans page
2: oh yeah for on espn.com so it was
1: it was espn.com and then it was Via the Houston Texans.
2: Yeah. uh, Yes. Uh, So so get uh,
1: ready for some biased ass shit. uh, No, it's not. Uh, No, not biased at all. No,
2: I think I think this is a good stat. Just to let you know. Well, and then the 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 coaches actually talked about it. Bill O'Brien and um and 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 trash and their offensive line coach. So when it comes to a pass block win rates, the league the league has a seventy nine percent average. That's what the league averages. So if they're starting offensive linemen last year, their center, 83%. Their left guard, 83%. Jalen Davenport, left tackle, 82%. Zach Fulton, right guard, 79%, right on average. And then tackle guard, there are two um, fillers who kind of went in and out. This is Greg uh, Manzak and Martius Rankin. One was 78% and the other was 72%. So they only had one guy, two guys that were below average and one that was right below average. The whole point the team was trying to make that uh, Bill O'Brien said that this is a team issue. He's like, there was so many times where the offensive line had done what they were supposed to do and the receiver didn't run the route right. And also here, this is also lends to what's going on. Watson's biggest downfall is he holds on to the ball too long. Mm -hmm. Um, Watson's average time to to, to throw the ball is 3.01 seconds, which ranks for third worst in the NFL. He holds on to the ball ball longer than almost everybody else, which is part of the problem. And he actually responded to that. And he's like, well, he's like, it's basically part of his game. He's saying that's just what it is. Block longer run the route correctly. Like that, that was the point Deshaun Watson got to this, is the way we play. But one of the best parts of my game is my ability to get the ball down the field, get down the field block. And, and he is going, he did, he, there was very little compromise, but he did say, yes, I can get the ball out quicker sometimes. But ultimately in his mind, we're getting the ball down the field and that's how I want to play football. So let's figure out how to do that as a team.
1: And I'm going to tell y'all, listen again, this, I'm not discrediting Deshaun Watson. I think he's a great player. He's a great talent. This team is loaded with talent. They right. have so many great players in so many positions. But I'm—I don't like the man leading the charge. And listen, you guys could disagree with me. You know that's what this is for. You know I just don't like the man leading this squad. And you could have the best players in the world. If I was the coach of the dream team, they wouldn't be the dream team. You know right. that's it's—it is what it is, man. Um, DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, by I, the way, that
2: 1992 dream team would have been the dream team if you were the coach, by the way. Yeah. Maybe. yeah. <laughs>
1: just saying. But I go ahead. had to do nothing with those dudes. <laughs> <laughs> You're right about that. DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, come on. We we said it. Right. Let's just keep it he's keeping moving. There's nothing to say. He's arguably one, two, or three, yes. depending on how you value wide receivers. Um, even with everything I just said, I'm not, not taking him uh, wide receiver one, two, three. Like, if he's there in the right spot, I'm nabbing him. There's no discussions there. I'm going to have to just close my eyes and hope for the best with him because, you know, you can't. this guy is amazing. Right. Uh, Will Fuller, can he stay healthy? Uh, he's big. He's a big part to this team. Especially he on the deep ball. He needs to stay healthy. Next up, Kiki Kuti. Same thing. Kid came on late last year. Health was an issue. I think this wide receiving core is underrated. You have arguably one of the best receivers in the game. Right. And if... Fuller and Kuti could stay healthy, you
2: could You're gonna have a real problem yeah, with that offense. Yeah, you yeah, yeah.
1: exactly. It just can it come together? And can it come together playing against this tough lineup? I'm not saying that they're gonna be trash. I'm not I'm far from that, but they gotta prove it. I just told you guys the schedule. It's scary. That's rough. That's you know, really it's, rough. It's scary. And even some of their 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 easier games, they're on the road. Right you know what I mean? Like uh, they got to go – not that the Chargers is an easy game, but it's, it's in L.A. I mean, they don't have a fan base there, so that's not really scary. But, you know, at Kansas City, uh, you know, obviously you got the Colts twice. You know what I mean? Uh, they're at home for Oakland. That's a smoke show. You right. know what I mean? But then they go to Jacksonville – I mean, excuse me, they go to London and play Jacksonville. Jacksonville's been going there, we said it, for years, so they got a fan base there. This right. is tough. Um, And, and you can't forget – I like the kid's name. Vincent Smith. You know, spells it a little different. There's no I after the V. It's
2: V Y N. That's a little, little different, but I like that. Um tight ends. Well, they did say Jordan Atkins is looking good at tight end. Um, but supposedly he's having a very good camp for them at tight end. Um and I think he could ha- he could he's made some really spectacular catches. He could work his way up. Remember that. Jordan Atkins for uh, for the Texans. Hold on one second. Let me just try to get the... All good. While he's doing
1: way. that, let me tell you guys somebody to keep your eye on for the Houston Texans. We don't talk about it enough. A lot of teams, a lot of teams... You know what? Not teams in general. A lot of people don't discuss this position enough. Okay? And I'm hyping it up. I'm dancing around a little bit. Okay? Kamimi Kamimi? Kamimi? I don't know how you say it. I know how to say his last name. Kamimi... Fairbairn, that's the kicker uh, for the Houston Texans. Uh, now you say, but come on, man, when you just talk about practice. We sitting here, i supposed to be the franchise player, and we in here talking about practice. Well, coach I mean, it, listen, we talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We talking about practice. Right. We're
2: talking about kickers. Right. Let me tell you
1: something. <laughs> Total points last year, Kamimi Fairbairn, 150. The next closest person was Justin Tucker with 141. Field goals made. Kamimi Fairbairn, 37. Justin Tucker behind him with 35. But this guy is a point maker for your fantasy team. And if you think about it, you always want to look for a kicker with teams that struggle in the red zone. Right. If they struggle in the red zone, you're going to get a lot of field goals. And I just told you guys, this team is playing a lot of tough teams. I'm not saying they're not going to win games. But if they struggle in the red zone, you might want Kamimi Fairbairn there because him and his 150 points and his 37 made field goals are going to help you out. Because you get your kicker in the double digits, you're in the green zone, people.
2: Agreed. You're in the green zone. So. And- And I just have one last um, storyline for this team that I think is important is that Jadavion Clowney was looking for a long-term contract, actually, uh, right before the summer got got kicked off. And by the time the deadline came, Adam Schefter reported that he would not be getting that long-term contract. And if he was going to play, he was going to play on a franchise tag worth $15.967 million dollars. So um, and I just wanted to add that I already told you with him and J.J Water on the field together, other defenses are only averaging 3.4 yards a rush, NFL low, right? And then also, Clowney is, they have the space. They have $41 million in, in cap space. The guy clearly had, according to Pro Football Focus, Clowney had the best season of his career by far in 2018. His overall grade was at 89.5, was tied for seventh among uh, among. Uh, the best S. Rodgers in the league. He had 28 run stops on 283 run defensive snaps. The 10th best run stop percentage at his present uh, at at his position. And I know that's not something that is um that is a uh, fantasy happy or anything like that. Because I do have one where we do defenses. Most people don't. But as far as the Texans are concerned. That means everything. Stopping the run. Having two guys with number one value, with number one talent. It's a crazy thing. And they're not it doesn't look like they're gonna pay him now. He's actually not in camp at this point in time. He's chilling. He he is gonna come in and take the franchise tag. But since they're not gonna give him a long term deal, he's not coming to camp. He's gonna come in towards the end, get himself into shape, be ready for the regular season, but he doesn't want to take any uh any chance of getting hurt before he signs that franchise tag and gets himself into camp.
1: Last thing with the Houston Texans that we didn't touch on, y'all, the running back situation. Lamar Miller, he's like he's like old faithful. He's like that Honda Accord that you got. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, that's, actually, that, that's a
2: really good analogy, I man. mean,
1: that, he just runs. You know, Honda, if you got a Honda Accord, if you know you, if you had one, if you know somebody that has one, that things should go up to 260,000 miles. He doesn't make me say, wow. But there is a guy there that... A lot of people have been high on, although he didn't play the whole year before, and that's Deonta Foreman. Um, this guy missed almost all of last season. I think he only had like like seven carries last year with an Achilles tear from 2017. Right. Um. I don't know nothing. The wow, yeah, but Deonta Foreman is that great unknown. Um, and you could grab him, and he could do absolutely nothing. Or he could be a game changer. Um, they've been high on him. When I say they, the Houston Texans have been high on him. And, and they're talking like this guy could be the dude. But it's always tough. He hasn't played real football in almost two years. Um, but these are two guys you got to be weary about on both ends. What's your feelings on that, Kev?
2: Um, well, first of all, with, uh, with Lamar Miller... It's clear. Bill O'Brien already came out and said that he's the starter. He's the guy. He's he's who you're going to have for the game. Um, I'm with you on Devontae Foreman. I hear you. But if I'm going to take a running back, I'm going to take Lamar Miller. Um, I think he is uh, at best, in my opinion. It depends if he's healthy. But his max ceiling is re- is running back two. I think he has the most value at a flex position. Okay. That's how I feel about them. I'm not going to do too much else, um, but of course you want. I, I I love Watson. He can be my number one quarterback, and I'll be happy with that. Of course, I'll take Hopkins. I'll take Miller. Um, I'll. I, I wouldn't have actually have a problem with having any of their top three receivers. I'll take. Well, I'll take Cote, I'll take Will Fuller. I'll take. Of course, DeAndre Hopkins. I'll never get him just because of my uh, the way I draft. But I did just want to say that their their divisional round in the playoff was really good. Deshaun Watson was the leading runner and the passer in that game. Of course, the passer. Uh, Marlon Mack had 148 yards rushing. It was the Texans versus the Colts in a touchdown. Um, Luck played really well. 222 yards, two touchdowns. T.Y. on a busted leg, had 85 yards. And Cote actually had 110 yards in the TD. He came up really big mm-hmm. for the Texans. But they, the Texans just couldn't get any, any points on the board because the Colts defense was lockdown um and and that's how we're gonna finish up with the afc south who, who's gonna be your winner who you got
1: colts that's it very simple clear cut what about you i don't know
2: okay is that allowed yeah it is <laughs>
1: it is allowed we're, we're in august you know what i mean listen y'all we are diving in we are diving in here you know these episodes aren't gonna be extremely long like this when the season gets in because there's there's going to be more content throughout the week right but we are digging in we're trying to help you guys assess these divisions before the season starts we have 34 days away walter payton walter payton that's who wore number 34 that's a good one okay so another one ricky williams Shout out to my boy, Josiah. He sent me the Ricky Williams picture. Me and my boy, Josiah, have been doing it since Jason Witten. That's okay. crazy. Since Jason Witten, number 82, me and him have been sending each other football players every day. Count, All right. to count countdown. Since, <laughs> since Jason Witten. He sent me today Ricky Williams. All right. I sent him Walter Payton, a.k.a. Sweetness. Okay. So um, I told him tomorrow he better not let me down because there's only one guy he should be sending me tomorrow. By the time he hears this, it will already be sent. And it better have been Jamal Adams. <laughs> Jamal bruh. Adams. Aaron so, Jones.
2: Oh, but I will say I'm probably going to take the Colts. And what pushed me over the top was the schedule that you told me for the Texans. Okay. That sucks. Um, like they have a sucky schedule.
1: We're going to end football with one thing. All right. It's a fantasy statistic out there. And I just want to let you guys know what's going on in the fantasy world. 3272 million people in the United States of America. Kevin, out of that, how many people do you think played fantasy football in 2018?
2: And give me that big number one more
1: time. 327.2 million people in the United States. How many people played fantasy football last year?
2: I'm going to go with
1: 67 million. Close. Very close. 58.3 million. Woo! I was very close.
2: close. I was, uh, <laughs> was going to go with 55 at first.
1: All right. According to the Fantasy Sports Trade Association, so that's FSTA, on average, 41 million people play fantasy football yearly. That's, that's an average. You know what I mean? That's right. not DFS. That's home leagues like you and I are doing, or if you're listening, you're probably involved in, just to give you the demographic- That's a lot of people, y'all. And if you ain't
2: one of them, you're
1: on the outside looking in.
2: Welcome back to the First Pick Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. We're about to dig into a little baseball with you, a little overview coming into the most exciting time of the baseball season, um, where fans like me, this is where fans like me started to jump in a little bit. Vince is around from spring training. My man's a year-round baseball I'm about guy. to say,
1: man, we talking about this most exciting, man. Most exciting is
2: in March! Well, I'm just saying for fans yeah, like I know, me. I got you. For fans like me. So, I'm a bit of a Fairweather fan, but we want to give, we're going to start uh, implementing a little segment called On This Day. Um, there's actually a website uh, onthisday.com that gives you all kinds of things that happen on all August 3rd, 2019, whether it be a music, sports, anything. So on this day in 1989, the Cincinnati Reds set an MLB record for most hits in the first inning of a game with 16... for 14 runs in an 18-to-1 route of the Houston Astros. I thought that was really good. That was a really good stat that we wanted to start it off with before we got into baseball here today. So, Vince, what is our overview? What, what What's happening? What's the league looking like after after the trade deadline ended on July 31st? Before we get to that,
1: you know what I okay. think about when you tell me about that first game, that, that stat on this day in 1989?
2: What is that? I wish I had the over
1: in that game. <laughs>
2: of course. Because if I had the
1: over, I, you know, you might even hit the over before you turn the game on. That's for or sure. Or back in 89, the radio. You'd
2: be cracking the beer open by the end of the, the second inning. I said the radio in 89. They had TVs in 89,
1: bro. It yeah, was
0: crazy.
1: <laughs> so, um, giving y'all just a little quick overview right now. Um, We'll go American League. I call that the league that don't really play baseball because they have that position called the designated hitter, which I think isn't fair. You know, because a pitcher can't hit. Like, come on. These guys have been hitting since they were in Little League. And all of a sudden, now you get to the big leagues, they get to take a break. Anyway, that's my little NL bias for you there. (laughs) Um, Houston Astros, 71 and 40. Best team in baseball right now. Slightly behind them is the Bronx Bombers at 69 and 39. Then you got Minnesota (laughs) Twins at 67 and 42. And then... The, the wild card race is real tight right now in the AL. Cleveland Indians at 64 and 45. Tampa Bay Rays, 63 and 48. Outside looking in, Boston. The Bosox, 59 and 52. And Oakland Athletics at 62 and 48. Then we're going to scroll, scroll on over to the National League. You got, the, again, these are my little accents here. Okay. The Los Angeles Dyers. That's what they call them out there. I've been to a game, so I've heard the fans. <laughs> they don't say Dodgers. They say Dyers. Okay, 72 and 40. This team is phenomenal right now. Um, I don't like to talk about this team, but the Atlanta Braves, 65 and 46. Oh, that's I can't believe that. Anyway, <laughs> I'm NL East biased. So, uh, behind that, surprisingly, you can't ever count this team out. St. Louis Cardinals, 58 and 50. Uh they just took two out of three against the Cubbies. That's a big series for them. Okay. I'm gonna get to the Cardinals and Cubs a little bit later on. Okay. You know what I mean? Uh Get your fingers ready for some wagers, people, because I got good. I got some good stuff for you. He has some
2: really good stuff for you guys. I hope if you are if you are into baseball and you're into betting and those two things together, I think you're going to be really pleased with some of the stuff that Vince has for you. Washington
1: Nationals uh, leading the wild card at fifty eight and fifty one, and right behind them is the Chicago Cubbies at fifty eight and fifty one. Outside looking in is them Philly boys paying Bryce Harper all that money to be on the outside looking in. I don't get it. Fifty seven and 52, And then the Milwaukee Brewers, 57 and 54. Um, And, I mean, I wouldn't be myself if I didn't, uh, you know, tell you that the Mets are only five games behind and we're only three games under 500 after everybody counted us out. But I digress. We don't have to go to that. Um, But, yeah, man, baseball is getting hot right now. A lot of trades went down. Um, The biggest one goes without being said. If you don't follow baseball, you've heard the name before, Zach Grinke. Zach Grinke got traded to the Arizona Diamondbacks for Corbin Martin. Jake, this is going to be tough for me, J.B. Um, Isaiah Rojas, and Seth Beer. Now, I'm going to tell you something. Corbin Martin, he's a very good young arm. Okay. Okay. Uh, he's got some developing to do, but um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you this early. I'll go through a few trades that were beneficial, but the The Diamondbacks did very good at the trade deadline. Okay. Okay. They're not doing nothing this year. They know that.
2: They were definitely sellers.
1: Yes. Um, But they sold and got back some good equity. Okay. Good future equity. They're going to have some nice young arms for a while to go. And they got a guy out there who's on my fantasy squad. Mind you, I picked this dude up off of waivers, y'all. Cattell Marte. Okay. at his first year with the Mariners. He didn't really do much. Now... Catalan Marte is balling. He's one of the best players in the league, and he's young. and He's gonna be doing that for a long time. This team ain't going anywhere in the future. Um, the only problem is they got to play against the Dodgers every year. Um, and uh, for any young pitcher out there that's got to, that plays in Arizona, the unfortunate problem with that is you're playing against the Dodgers, and you got to go to Coors Field a lot that year. Okay. And for some of you that don't know, Coors Field is in Denver, Colorado. The air is thin up there, and a lot of people hit home runs. Much My son is almost – he is one years old and a few months. I don't know how people say all that. Oh, he's 27 <laughs> hey, months he's old. 16, Listen, he's 16,000 months. Yeah, right. he's one years old. And you're saying, <laughs> okay, Vince, what does your one-year-old son have to do with this? I'm trying to tell you that if he hit a ball off a tee ball, he might be able to hit a home run out there. So, that being said, it's not good for pitchers. You know what I mean? Um, another another, a trade that I thought was uh, – beneficial backing up that D-backs is that the D-backs got Mike Leak uh, from Seattle. Okay. They only gave up uh, a young infielder named uh, Jose Gabalario. Never really heard of the guy. Um, don't know much about him, so I can't really comment on that. Okay. But Mike Leak is a, uh, a veteran that that I, I I had clowned on him before. This is now the third time I'm mentioning Mike Leake since we've been doing this. I called him Mike Leakey Fawcett. You did. And then the next week he pitched almost a perfect game. <laughs> this guy is a win he's he's got talent. Right. Okay. He does have some bad games, you know, like most pitchers do. But I think it was a good move because they're loaded with infield talent in Arizona. Um Escobar, Peralta, uh, I just said Cattell Marte Walker at first base. They don't need nobody in the infield, so get rid of them, and let's get another arm. And the Mariners are trash, so they were getting rid of people. The Braves brought in Shane Green. Okay. He's a closer from Detroit. Detroit is atrocious. Shane Green is a very good closer on a bad team. Um, you can't really close if you're losing all the time. Uh, but they gave up Travis Dimitri and Joey Wentz, uh, outfielder and uh, another a pitching prospect. You know, Braves are they're winning their division. And if they gotta compete with the bats of the Dodgers come playoff time, they're gonna need somebody in the bullpen. And Shane Green can bring them that. Um Astros. Uh, I, I talked about their big trade getting grinky. They right. robbed they, they they didn't rob, you know, the Diamondbacks, but y'all better be ready for this team to make the run, and that's it. You know, they we were, were talking
2: about these pitchers are no joke, man. Yeah, they
1: they were close last year. Right. And now, you know, two years ago they won, and they were real close last year. They ain't going anywhere. Right. You know, they're pitching rotation. You don't have to know baseball. You heard the name, Justin Verlander. Right. Zach Greinke, Garrett Cole, Wade Miley, and then the fifth guy is me. I, I, I'm i the pitcher. I'm the fifth guy on their rotation <laughs> because it doesn't matter. No, but they got some guys there, Jose Ucridi, um, they got a guy on, on IL right now, Brad Peacock. And their most recent trade from the Blue Jays is they acquired a relief pitcher Joe Biagini and Aaron Sanchez, who I believe to be a uh, a bullpen guy. But today, the Strohs are going to trot him out there and see if he can be their fifth man in a rotation. Um, and I, I kind of call that the sacrificial lamb because I think he's going to get beat up. But they're just such a good team and the Mariners are so trash that we could see... Uh, we could definitely see a
2: lot of runs there. And I have and a question for you. Go ahead. So with Houston, we were chatting about a little a little bit earlier. What about these assets that they have? I heard I was listening to Tim Kirchner talk about the the trade deadline from uh, Tim Kirchin from ESPN, and he was saying that. Um, that they had so much equity and plays that they had before from tanking, and also they had so much uh, cap space. It looks like they just are a really good run organization that allowed them to do this. What are your? Are, are they as together as he's saying they are? Are they really like? Are they that organized uh, to get Zach Granky and still feel like they have some space to get better? Uh, they just seem like a really well-run organization, making sure that they're winning right now. Is that the truth? Uh,
1: I, I I can't argue with Kershaw. I mean, that's the dude, right? You know, yeah, of course. When it comes to the baseball diamond um and i would i would agree with what he's saying um i'm pretty sure it's garrett cole um that they have to figure out his contract next year and i'm garrett cole's very he could be a potential ace on another team maybe a low end ace or a very strong number two he was the number two on this team before they got grinky right i mean and hey listen grinky might be a number three because of his age and, and and where he's at in his career um but uh, this is a very well ran organization, but okay. they're they're going to have to pay some of their their players and um, next year. I don't know all the contract details because baseball's got a ridiculous amount of people, and they got that arbitration thing, and you know all those minor league deals that still apply. So that part of my game, I am going to be getting better for you guys. But um, they are they do have some uh, some guys that they're going to have to pay next year, and that could change things. But their farm system is very well uh, ran as well, and they got some guys that are just going to step in and, and, and you know, I don't see this team going away. Okay. Granted, Verlander's up there in age, Granky's up there in age, but they do still have some young arms, you know what I mean? Okay. In the farm system, they got this kid, I don't remember his first name, his last name, his last name is Whitley. Um, he's coming up, they might bring him up just to see how he is and maybe they could use him in the bullpen get a playoff run, but he's a guy that they were high on. They were high on Corbin Martin too, which is kind of surprising to let him go, but at the same time, you know, you're going to trade that for a ring any time, I'm with it because I don't see anybody in the AL stopping him. Sorry, Yankee fans. (laughs) Sorry, because your boy fell asleep at the wheel. Cashman. What, what did y'all do? The,
2: the New York Post had him on the front of the newspaper looking like a zombie for not making a move, and I'm actually sitting here looking up uh, some of their choices. I don't know what they're going to do, but uh, Cashman said, he's like, he's like people were unrealistic with him, No, Would you, if I'm a Yankee fan, which I am, I'm a fair-weather Yankee fan, so I'm, I'm not a real one to you real Yankees fans out of there. I'm just I'm just trying to make sure I'm following there, baseball there, better.
1: There are real Yankee fans out there? Uh, <laughs> uh, that, everything I hear from Yankee fans is 27. It's not. Trey we got Trey <laughs> let me tell you something real quick Yankee fans stop telling me you got 27 rings because the Mets weren't even around for half of those rings okay the Mets weren't around for half of those rings that y'all got in the 40s and 30s. And you're you were born in the 80s. Give me a break, right? right? 27.
2: <laughs> and he said that a lot of a lot of GMs were just being they were being ridiculous with him. And he's like, "Come on, man, I'm not doing that." Like, and he said they were being unrealistic, and there were just certain things he wasn't willing to give up. And he was willing to sit back and wait and find other ways to help his pitching staff. And um, so, do you think it was a mistake? Because, um, like I said, I was listening to Kirchner earlier, and he was also saying he's like, "There's room for criticism." But he's like, I'm also with Cashman on that. He's like, I got to give up my... I, I took a lot of time to build up my low levels, my AAA, my AA. So I guess when it comes to them, when I'm a fan, I am not a... I'm a fan of patience from my front office. Now, the only team I am truly, truly a fan of is the Green Bay Packers. Now, if the Green Bay Packers were patient and they needed to be patient or they didn't want to give up assets because they took a lot of time to acquire them, they acquired all of these picks and somebody's asking for a trade and asking for too much. Like uh, like Mac last year, uh Khalil Mac could have came to us instead of going to the Bears, but they were like, no, I'm not giving up that much. I'm not willing to give up as much as the Bears are willing to give up because we have acquired equity and I mm-hmm. want to keep that equity and I'll use it when I feel it's good. So if I'm a Yankee fan, I'm tr- I, I, I'm I'm trusting Brian Cashman even if we lose this year because we didn't get that uh, he's proven himself he's a proven leader and I feel like he, he gets ripped because he's in the New York media all this other stuff but I I like his choice of being prudent and not giving up all the things that he's acquired over the last few years to try to make this team better and this team is what they went through, 22 players have been injured for the Yankees so far this year mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they've managed to still be one of the best teams in the AL that's because of his equity because they have players they can just bring up and they're ready to come in guys who have to go down with major league talent because they just have so much of it and i guess the either counter argument if you have that much why not give up some of it exactly which i hear you but i like the idea of being a little bit prudent holding on to my equity and making the move where i believe and i don't think there was a lot of additional pitchers out there maybe a few but there weren't World, there weren't world beaters out there. You got Zach Greinke. You have a few. You had Wheeler that that went to your boys, mm-hmm. but there was no other big name that was being floated out there um, as big as Greinke or or the others. I, I think he was also limited to what he was going to get. Yes. Also, and he's like, you know what, You're I'll good. stick with what I got. Um, and the other thing was too, like you said, man, they were asking for a lot. A lot
1: of teams, and and my Mets being one of them, uh, a big rumor out there. We we were trying to get rid of Syndergaard and Wheeler, and we were asking too much. And I think that's because the Mets were in a good position. Um, and not being a homer here, I'm telling you, I think we were in a good spot where we're not that far away. You know, we got five good pitchers now. You know, uh, we sent Vargas to the, to the um, uh, Phillies for a catcher and cash. Uh, the catcher was like some booty hole, whatever. Uh, and the money is just because we just keep trying to recoup for that Robinson Cadeau contract that we took on for some dumb reason. Right. But anyway, you know, um, and I feel like if you're in a good position – you can ask for more and be like, well, if he does it, they're dumb. And Cashman ain't dumb. You know, I might not like the Yankees. I might not like their fans, but I respect Cashman. Right. You know, and I, there's a, there are players on the Yankees that I do like. Domingo Herman, thank you very much. Uh, he's only got uh, two earned runs as of right now. Bam. They're beating the Boston Red Sox 8-2, to and I got Domingo Herman on my fantasy team. So I do like him. I think Cashman is an exceptionally well GM. And you guys in the, in the Bronx got to trust his process. Although, that being said, I know real Yankee fans—not these people that tune in now and in September, not the people that only know Stanton and Judge. He's talking
2: and, about me, by the way. And the people
1: that grew up in the mid two thousands that only knew Jeter and Mariano Rivera—you ain't Yankee fans. I know y'all. Paul O'Neill and Scott Brosius. Okay, so T- you not get locked. a couple more points, whatever. <laughs> but the problem with this team is the pitching. You don't have a shutdown guy as much as I hope it's Domingo Herman. Right. You know, only from only for personal reasons. It, you know, he's uh, a nightmare on the road. He did have a good game on Sunday night against the Boston boys in Fenway, okay. which I I loved it. Excuse me, I beat that fourteen and one team, and now they're fourteen to two. So uh, your boys feeling good. Uh, First year playing fantasy baseball, I'm in second place. I'm not bragging because it is a training wheels team, uh, I mean, uh, league. It's only got 10 teams. But for me, it was good for my, uh, you know, jumping in my first time. Right. And like I said before you know next year maybe I got some good fantasy baseball advice and five years from now maybe me and you, me and you are doing a fantasy baseball pod too you right right mean?
2: I hope so because next year I'm going to join I'm going to yes. do it with you and I think that's going to really help me because ladies and gentlemen I'm not the I'm, I'm, baseball is just not my forte is not something but around playoff time is the time like this time of year I'll start paying attention more because I love when the stakes are there it's nothing better when everything's on the line whether you're playing at Wimbledon whether you're playing for the Super Bowl or a World series there's nothing better than having the stakes in a game um um, so i think fantasy baseball is really going to help me get into the details the logistics of baseball how it works uh why players are good and all the other ridiculous weird stats that baseball has
1: and you know the those kind of things is what got one of my friends into football you know, the fantasy, the betting, all the aspects behind it, you know, and I mean, that uh, that's the whole conglomerate behind uh, sports wagering. Um, but it interests people more because I want to tell you one thing that I don't care who you are out there. You can tell me all you want, that it doesn't interest you. Money, money,
0: money, money. Money.
1: I have slight baseball knowledge, and it grew throughout this year because I was involved in fantasy. Right. My baseball knowledge is only better because I bet on games and because I pay attention to fantasy, and I am a fan. Right. So those things, if I could pair that knowledge up and that could equal money, I'm in it. I think everybody's so, going to
2: be in it. Yeah, <laughs>
1: and that's my game plan for you guys. You know what I'm saying? I'm Listen, I, I told my buddy, I text him. Shout out to my boy Charles. I texted him and I said, "Yo, man, I'm not trying to turn anybody into a degenerate better. That's not what I'm trying to do. But if you do bet, I want to give you the most possible knowledge that I have to make the correct wager. And I'm not looking for one of you guys to reach out to Kev. One, of, uh, hopefully, if you uh, are are supporting us, yo, follow me yes. at Vinny Goombats. Okay, a- at Biggest Seventy Six. Follow the First Pick Pod at First Pick Pod Instagram Twitter." Follow us there and give us your insight. You know what I'm saying? We want to engage. If you are supporting me or Kevin, you're supporting us. And we appreciate that. Fully. So, fully. Um, I want, I'm want. not looking for uh, you guys to buy me lunch or dinner. <laughs> I do like pancakes, though. <laughs> um, Breakfast is
2: the best meal in the I, day. It is. Hands down.
1: I, I'm not looking for that, but I, it would be awesome to hear... Somebody say, yo, V, I, I, I listened to your thing and your betting aspect, and I wound up hitting a bet. I don't care if it was $5 or 5000 right. You know what I mean? That's good for you. If I could give out some knowledge. And the same goes for our fantasy advice. You know, and I'm not the end-all, be-all. When the season gets rolling, I'm doing homework just as much as I'm spitting it to you guys. And some of the stuff I'm just reiterating from somebody else. Right. You know what I mean?
2: And speaking of, don't you have a few stats that you're trying to give to the people that you want to you know, impose some of this knowledge that you've acquired? Because, ladies and gentlemen, Vitz, he looks at the trends and he does his own personal homework. He, this is something he looks into. He's looking at, where, you know, one of one of the best ones I heard so far since 2015, the Yankees haven't lost back-to-back games to an NL team, right? Since
1: 2015?
2: Very true. Uh, unbelievable. That's- 2015, that, that, and, and, that's something and that, that team with, was
1: the Philadelphia Phillies.
2: Right, and they and they almost lost it the other day, but they wound up coming back and beating the, the, Diamondbacks, the Diamondbacks, which would have been that second loss. But that trend is still going. These are things that he finds. So what do you got, Vince?
1: So speaking of that trend that you just said, okay, okay and I want to tell you guys something. That I don't, again, I've said it before in our last episode, and I'm just going to repeat it to you guys. I don't solely bet off of a certain trend. Unless it is astronomical, right. where it's like 91-0. and zero. But then I start getting into the regression theory. I'm like, 91-0, I got to get the uh, loss. Eventually, the loss I is I got to get the <laughs> loss. So, you know, I don't necessarily just on that. But there was a combination going on that day with the Yankees and Diamondbacks that all led to me wa- placing a wager on the Yankees that day. One of them is the Diamondbacks had won the previous game. Okay. So there's that one game. Right. They haven't lost back-to-back. That's that's one in my favor. Here's another thing. The New York Yankees when they are a minus 150 or less favorite, they are 27 and 10 straight up.
2: That's really good.
1: Okay. Now, when they're a bigger favorite, you know, obviously, I don't keep track of that. Uh, I don't have that statistic because they're always a big favorite. Right. But this was a game when they were only, I believe, like minus 127 or something like that. Okay. Very odd. Um, Grinky on the mound, which was the reason for that because he's one of the best pitchers. So you're going to get more of an even number there. Also, the Yankees are 28-15 and straight up. And 28-15 and against the spread, that means winning by more than two runs in day games. That game was a day game. So there's two, three things right there, three trends pointing in my direction that makes me lean towards Yank's
2: right and then ladies and gentlemen I hope you noticed that you heard him he pointed out three things so Vince has a foundational thought process he's not like he just said he's not going to put in major bets just based on one trend he has a foundational view of things that he likes and he's going to put those things together that may lead him to making a bet his goal is to legitimately come out plus he's not just betting willy nilly like I do because that's I do I'll put I'll I'll put $2.30 on a on a 16 parlay he's not doing that so so you make sure you're listening to what he's saying. He's taking certain pieces from different angles that lead to him thinking that this is a solid wager, a high percentage shot at winning.
1: Um, I, I, you know, And, it, and then it, it compiles more when I go with how many are for me and how many are against me. So I'll weigh those out, you know, if it's too even, if I have three trends going in my favor and three and four trends going against me, that might be a no play. But at the end of the day, I'm doing the X and O's. Okay, what's this? That's a check mark in the good. That's a check mark in the bad, you know, and then I could dive through the Diamondbacks on this particular day. Uh, I believe it was Wednesday or Thursday. I can't remember, you know, and, and where, you know. What are their trends, and are they for me or against me? You know, I don't have the specific of that ones, but I, I look into the fact of how does Grinke pitch in the Bronx? Well, he played in the NL his entire career. He played for the Dodgers and for the, the Diamondbacks. He didn't pitch there much. That's an advantage for, for the Yankees. Right. You know what I'm saying? All these things go in. What's the road split? How is he on the road compared to how is he at home in Arizona? They got a humidor in that. That's a, that's a, that's a, there's a desert. There's okay. a humidor in that stadium. Right. The ball tends to get a little sticky. These are very
2: thing. These are little wow. I would not have uh, never thought.
0: Of
1: that. Okay. So I'm in all that. You know what I mean? I had one more trend. Yankees are fifty one and twenty four against right handed pitchers. You know what I mean? There's so there's four Yankee trends in my favor. How many diamondback trends are in my favor? It led me to make the wager on the Yankees. Yeah, I had to sweat a little bit. And I love Grinky. I got him on my fantasy team, so right. it was a tough wager. Um there was a rain delay in that game in the fifth inning. Um, and I knew right, right then and there that the Arizona bullpen will come into play and their bullpen is atrocious. Right. Didn't know that Grinke was going to get traded during the rain delay. <laughs> that was crazy. <laughs> but um, and Yankees were winning 2-0. Diamondbacks went up 3-2. Yankees wound up winning 7-5. So that wager went right in my pocket. You know what I mean? And that was...
2: Eating W's like Winston. That's a W. That's That's E1. That's E-1. That's
1: a W. That's right, bro. That's right. (laughs) Um, Now, again, I have a process. If you guys out there are just betting to have fun, I'm cool with that. But if you want to, you know, win and you want some advice or whatever, hit me up. I'm down. I'm, you know, again, don't come at me if you lose. I I don't play that. You know what I mean? Um he's
2: here to just infuse some knowledge that's it 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 ain't end all be all but but we hope to infuse that into all of our podcasts so those of you out there who are trying to you know I think he's gonna help you move one way or another he's not gonna make the choice for you No way. but I think if you're on the fence or if you're feeling a certain way maybe you'll stay away because of the information that that Vince is gonna get and I'm learning too I'm a novice and I think I'd rather just stay with my $2 bets and betting willy nilly I really enjoy it that way I don't wanna get as deep as Vince is but I think He's gonna help you go one way or another when you're on the fence he's gonna he's gonna solidify maybe your mindset on the things that you were already previously thinking I think he'll do a good job at that and and I think we're, we're gonna try to infuse it into uh, into everything that we're doing along with the fantasy and along with the overall outlook for all of these sports whether it be NBA NHL because um, he's gonna give you some NHL betting when that season comes around the NFL all of them so we hope to get into anything and maybe he told me to start looking into tennis and I might so we'll see what happens there.
1: Yeah, and I want Kev looking at into tennis because I need more edges. Right. I
2: mean, <laughs> what, what you got? What you got? What,
1: what could I bet on? You know what I uh, mean? Yeah. And, and, and what Kev says is he's cool with his method and, and doing his $2 parlay bets. And I'm listen, I'm, I'll tell you right now, I throw a uh, – I call them lotto parlays. I always think you should throw one in there uh, as long as your bankroll supports it because – You get those days where you hit them. You know, I was just the other day I I had a four teamer in there for three dollars to win thirty six. You know what I mean? Like I missed it by one game. You know what I mean? It it happens. um, But you can't consistently do those if you're in in a different situation. Um, Giving y'all a little piece of me, I work part time and I'm a part time stay at home dad. So I'm trying to implement sufficient income in another avenue. I try to do that through wagering on sports. So for Kevin and I, he might do it for fun. I'm trying to make a dollar, and I'm trying to. I'll if you tell me there's a good chance of me making a dollar, or there's a slight chance of me making ten dollars. I'm going to make a dollar. I can't take that slight
2: chance in this current position I, and I am in. Right. So that's why. And with I'm, that kind of motivation, I, you, I, I think that would make you more likely to listen to what he has to say. So I appreciate
1: that. You know what <laughs> I mean? But
2: I have one more thing that I wanted to lead, in, lead into before we finish up with baseball and betting. Your Mets. Meet the Mets. Meet the Mets. Step right up and greet the Mets. Yeah, your Mets. We got to talk about the Mets a little bit. We can't get away with that because they were actually they were they wound up being buyers, which wasn't was that what didn't seem to be the mindset at first. Everybody thought the Mets were out. They're, they're, they're you know they're definitely selling, and they wound up surprisingly getting Wheeler. Right? And, uh, no,
1: we had Wheeler. We were going to try to trade him. We wanted to get Marcus Stroman from the Blue Jays. Strowman,
2: uh, Stroman. Sorry, I apologize. All good. So you got Stroman, right? And then I guess once you got Stroman, right, every, uh, other people were th- saying t- Tim Kirchner was the was expectation that Noah Syndergaard would probably go, yes. right? And when Noah Syndergaard didn't go, mm-hmm. I guess everybody's mindset, oh, I guess the Mets are buyers now. Yeah. And they're like, you know what? We're going to try to win now. And it looks like with the pitching staff that you guys have, you could potentially be that team, and didn't you say earlier? you're only three out of the, three out of the.
1: So we're five out of the wild card, five out of the wild card, and three games below 500. Okay. Um, in baseball, you just want to get to 500. You want to teeter around there. Um, the the wild card is not out of reach. Being not not being a homer here, it will be tough. It will be tough. But I will tell you this: we have, I'm sorry, 17 road games and 33 home games. Left. Remaining this season.
2: Oh, that's really good, though, right?
1: The next six games, yeah, the next six games in a row are all against clubs under five hundred. Hmm. We just had a seven-game win streak. We just lost our eighth game. on that. One. So, um, if we can the, the remaining six games at least, you know, go four and two, that's big. I don't. I, I don't want to do that because that's you know. F- I would like to go. You know, five and one. Um, but there is a run in this team. Marcus Stroman is an elite talent and he was an ace in Toronto but didn't get along with the uh, management there. Bringing him in from reports that I read, it was because the Yankees and the Blue Jays couldn't strike a deal. They, the Yankees wanted Stroman. They also didn't want to trade within division. Knowing that they got to see Stroman every year, so on and so forth, um, you know, in division trades are always uh, touchy. Okay. that's your big rival, and they couldn't work out a deal. So the game plan was: we get Stroman, and then we work out a deal with the Yanks. Okay. But like you had said earlier, we were asking for too much. Right, and I think the Mets were doing that it was because they felt as though they could be winners, if not in 2019, in 2020. Right. So they're saying to themselves, like, "Hey, look, the ball, like, we got this." If this, if you can't give us what we want, then we're just going to go and go ahead and try to win, right? And do they? Do I think this team has everything to win?
2: No, they're going to have to make get some work. We're, we're going to have work to on that infield. We're going
1: to have to make. We're going to have to go on a run, and we got some other teams that's got to, you know, uh, not, you know. And there's a lot of good teams ahead of us right now. That's the kind of thing that 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 I'm discouraged about. But I think if this team. I mean, the, the arms can 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 hold it down, and we could wake up the bats a little bit. And like I said, we got 33 home games, right. opposed to 18 on the road. That's good. We got two months of really base, good. we got we got almost a month and a half, two months of baseball left. Anything could happen. And uh, you know, I, I'm not going to tell you guys we my Mets are going to the World Series, but we are you know we're four years removed from the World Series, three from the playoffs, with a bunch of injuries. And now we just got a really good pitcher, and we got rid of we got rid of our fifth pitcher for a potential two or three.
2: Right, which is really good. And at the absolute worst, you don't make the playoffs this season. You try to do your best to make a run. But in in twenty twenty, with a good off season, you pick up the right people. Hopefully, your front office makes the right choices. They yeah, yeah, do. They give you guys some defense. Uh, may hopefully, get you another couple bats. The Mets could be okay next year, man.
1: Man, listen. Um, I can only hope, and I've been saying that for a couple of years now. (laughs) Uh, you know, that's that I would be ecstatic if we make a run, but like you said, bolstering up for 2020, it seems like that's the deal. And they said, let's see what we got to put our cards on the table. And like I said, we got rid of Vargas, sent him to the Phillies. Um, we got rid of our five and we got a potential two or three in Marcus Stroman. Um, he's, he's a long Island boy born in New York. They, he posted a picture the day after he was traded of himself as a baby in a mess jacket. That's awesome. You can't go, like, the kid's coming home. You know what I mean? And uh, I think New York is hyped for him. And uh, I'm ready to see him. He's on the mound tonight, actually. Okay. Seven o'clock. It's in Pittsburgh, though. Um, although I don't have five hours because we're five hours away from Pittsburgh. I wouldn't make it there in time. <laughs> but, uh, and if we were in the hunt hunt, I would, I would. me and Kev would have cut this podcast a lot shorter because <laughs> I'd be on my way to Pittsburgh right now. See that boy on the mound. Um Quick couple MLB stats for you, and uh, and then I got something I want to go through my process real quick. But Cody Bellinger is the fastest Dodger player ever in 401 games to hit 100 career homers, huh. and I got that from MLB stats on Twitter. All one word. Um, Dodgers are balling right now. Right, I mean, there ain't nothing else just I can clearly, say about right? it. They're
2: clearly the- <laughs> and we're
1: talking about a historic franchise here. The Dodgers have been around since you know baseball started in Brooklyn, and this is this is a crazy stat. You know, um, I just went over some that that poked out to me, and I wanted to share them um, not with you guys. Um, th- another one for you, Yankee fans out there. This is a good one. Twenty-two-year-old Gleyber Torres is the youngest Yankees player. With multiple grand slams in a season since twenty year old Mickey Mantle. Wow. In nineteen fifty two. That's a long time. So the boy Glaber Torres is up there with a legend. Right. You know what I mean? So Yankee fans, you got something something to look forward to with this young kid, 22 years old. That's awesome. Kevin's boy,
2: Mike Trout.
1: Mike Trout tied Christian Yelich yesterday for the MLB lead in home runs at thirty six. Do you know that Mike Trout has never led this, excuse me. Mike Trout has never led in home runs in a season before.
2: I did not know that.
1: I did not know that either. When I saw that, I was like, Really? What? <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Um, I'd be honest with you, I don't that that's just from MLB Network. When I heard that they tied it up, I kind of did. I was like, Wow, it's crazy. Who else is close by? And then I saw, I was like, Whoa, this guy never led. So that's. I, I got nobody to and plug And so Carlos
2: Stanton, he, he's had a couple of those in the last couple of yeah. seasons leading the league with 50 some homers. Um, and like we talked about, the trade deadline came up. You know what I'm saying?
1: A lot of guys were moving around. You're going to see a lot of these good teams right now um, bringing up uh, some guys just to see what they got in the tank. Right. Can this kid help us for a postseason run? Where can we fit him into our rotation? And the Dodgers did that last night with a kid named Dustin May. This kid had phenomenal stats in 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 uh, the, the minors, and uh, he was a high prospect. Okay. So they they threw him on the mound last night, playing against the Padres, who were the trash. Um, they they called this kid Dustin May, Ginger Guard. Okay. okay, he's red hair flowing. He looks like like the, like a like a carrot top with the hat on and the hairs out and everything like that. All right. um, that's his nickname. Just something out there. Uh, He got his first start last night. Like I said, he's 21 years old from Justin, Texas, the number one pitching prospect, and he had a 3.3 ERA in the minors. Um, Out of 106 innings pitched, he had 110 strikeouts. Wow. So he he was throwing some heat. All right. Last night didn't go so well for the boy, though. Okay. Okay. He pitched five and two-thirds of an inning, allowed three earned runs, only three strikeouts, and had a 4.76 ERA. All
2: right. Also... Huh? I said not very good. Not very good. <laughs> not
1: bad. Not atrocious. He didn't get blown up, but there was one other good thing. The person I'm playing in fantasy baseball tried to get sneaky and scooped him up, and he ain't get that many points for <laughs> you. So because he wound up getting smacked. Yeah, I mean that's one thing I like to stay away from too, as far as wagering and 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 something like that. I always get weary of a kid coming up for his first start. Okay. And when I say stay away from, I don't, I don't. Usually you say, oh, this kid's coming up. I'm a bet against him. This is the first time in the majors. You can't do that because sometimes the, the hitter's never seen this guy before. So they don't know what kind of stuff he's throwing. Right. You know what I mean? And sometimes they have success. Um, I liked the Padres last night with the number. There was good money there, but not enough to make a bet. And the Dodgers are the best one of the best teams in baseball. So I ain't find a way. When I saw that the kid lost, I was happy for fantasy. A little butthurt that I didn't make a bet, but I wasn't going to make one anyway. Right. You know what I mean? Um, but... I do got something for y'all today. Okay. Okay. Listen, it's August the third. It's four thirty. The game is until tonight, and I'm telling you guys that this. Go back, look at the stats, look at ESPN, look at Score Mobile, whatever you do, look at scores and check out to see if I was right or wrong. You know what I mean? Um, and when I make a wager and I put all, I compile all my things. I have a process before I make each wager. I compile all my things together. If I'm wrong, but everything pointed in one direction. There's nothing I could do. Right. You just shrug my shoulder because you guys got to remember something. If you're wagering on sports, there's a human element involved. And sure. we don't know. I could tell you all these things of this guy and that. And I don't know what. Uh, the, tonight, my play is on the Oakland Athletics. Right. But I don't know. Uh, the, I'm going to just throw, the picture for the Oakland Athletics is Mike Fires. I don't know how the guy slept last night. Does he have a dog? Does his dog bark all night? Did he not get good sleep? <laughs> Did he not eat the right breakfast? Is he cranky at his wife? Or his girlfriend? I don't know. Did he stub his toe last night? These are things I don't know. Right. The other pitcher for the team that they're playing is the St. Louis Cardinals. Dakota Hudson. Does this kid have something to prove? You know, is he from California? And does he have family there? And he visited and hung out with them last night. Maybe went out a little too long. (laughs) All these things I don't know. You know, there's the human element that I can't control. And that comes into play in every wager you make. Now, if you're just throwing shit up and flipping a coin, I mean, I can't, there ain't nothing I could do with that. Right. I don't, that's not my betting style. Right. I'm gonna give you some trends. And again, this We're is. We're calling ju- Vinny's trends. I like it. This is just one aspect of my system. Um, and then I have others, and I decide to make my wager. This is one I'm willing to share with you guys, and and hopefully I'm right. And hopefully you guys look back at this when you hear it and you go, check August 3rd. You could scroll all the way down. It's going to be the last game because it's a night game. See if I was right. Maybe I know what the hell I'm talking about. Maybe uh, I'm just wasting your time. <laughs> Hopefully I'm not. Oakland A's, 59-12 and 12 straight up when they are a minus 140 favorite or more since the start of 2018. That goes back to last year. That's pretty good. Tonight, they are minus 149. I got them at minus 149. Now, I'm telling you that because if you make a, if, if everybody jumps on that right now, It might not be 149 at 10 o'clock at night. And that's why you got to jump on it because by 10 o'clock at night, it might be 150, might be 156, 157. It might be 165. We don't know. You know what I'm saying? And you want to get the best number because if you get it wrong, you don't want to pay more juice. That's what it is. That's why you want to get the best number. And if you're taking a dog, you want to get more money. For sure. So the A's, 67 and 33 in their last 100 games at home. Hundred games at home, they've won sixty-seven and they lost thirty-three. These are all trends going in my favor, y'all. Twenty and fifteen straight up, and twenty and fifteen against the spread in the first game of a series. That's today. Today is the first time they're playing the St. Louis Cardinals. Okay. Um, that and then twenty and fifteen against the spread means they've won by more than one run. They're winning by two runs. Okay. Um, or if they're an underdog. They are losing by less than two runs um, very you know it's a very small chance that that could happen in certain situations now I'm going to go to the Cardinals the Cardinals are seven and thirteen straight up in their last 20 games after a series with the Chicago Cubs.
2: Wow okay
1: now the reason I say that is because if you know baseball you know the Cubs and the Cardinals are big rivals right it's almost as big as the Yankees and Red Sox, but it's the Midwest version. Okay. Yankees and Red Sox are more public, but if you live in the, Bal- um, excuse me, if you live in the Chicago or St. Louis area, that's your biggest rival. If you're a Phillies fan, your biggest rival is the Mets. There's rivals all throughout sports in every in every situation. Giants and Cowboys, you know, Lakers and and, and Celtics. This is uh, one of those rivalries. And the, and 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 the theory behind that is some of these trends, they can't just be empty it can't just be empty trends. Like uh, you know, the Athletics are seventeen and five. When you know the coach coach drinks Gatorade in the morning, right? That doesn't do anything for me. <laughs> this is telling me that they exhaust a lot of energy in beating the Cubs. Whether they win or lose, they're exhausting a lot of energy because that's their big rival.
2: Right. Their and mindset is different when they're playing against the Cubs. Exactly.
1: So I like that. That, that these are all things that are pointing in my favor, and I'm going to tell y'all. Going through my trends, I have found zero that point towards the Cardinals, except for the fact that I respect their pitcher on the mound tonight, Dakota Hudson, and that they are, as of late, hitting right-handed pitchers very well, which the Oakland Athletics are sending out Mike Fiers, who's a right-handed pitcher. Those are the only things that make me a little hesitant on this play, but those are minimal compared to my trends and the rest of my system. Another thing for you. Yesterday... The St. Louis Cardinals did not play baseball. Kevin, after a day off this year out of 16 games, the Cardinals are 4 and 12 straight up after an off day. So them boys take a day off and they don't come back to play baseball very good. Right. They also had to fly halfway across the country to Oakland. Right. Granted, they had a day off, but did they acclimate acclimate to the West Coast time very well? It shows that they don't really do too hot. After a day off, in general, right? So you got the travel time, you got the fact that these boys won't bring it after a day off. I like all that,
2: and I kind of feel like uh, it looks like the lines are agreeing with you because I'm not even—they're not even showing the game right now for me. Oh, okay. I could—I can't even take it right now.
1: That's weird. Maybe uh, I'm hoping that this game isn't postponed because that would—that makes me very upset. Right? Uh, because <laughs> when you do a lot of homework and that happens. Uh, Oh dear God! Oh no, I, I I'm seeing it on my end. I got minus one sixty right now. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah
2: that, that's fine. You probably so, have have a different book, but this book doesn't even have it up.
1: Yeah, and that's 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 all. Sometimes everybody's got different things, you know. Um, and last one pointing in my direction, not the most favorable, but compiling with everything else I just said, um, the call the Cardinals are eight and nine straight up, so almost five hundred, but slightly below eight and nine straight up in the first game of the series on the road. Mm-hmm. So. After everything I just told you, you know what I'm saying, where would you lean towards? You're leaning towards the Oakland A's, oh, unless you're sure. a buffoon. Right. You know what I mean? And, and um, you know, that's the, that's one of the places I've already made my wager, you know what I mean, because I uh, I don't want to lose any line value on that. And um, like I said, the only thing that's kind of scary is that I respect Dakota Hudson, the pitcher for the uh, Cardinals, and the Cardinals have been hitting right-handers very well as of late, but Mike Fires is on fire, no yeah. pun intended. Um, this dude pitched a no-hitter this year. Okay, and this okay. guy, this guy knows how to win. Um, he's been around for a while. Dakota Hudson's a young boy. This might be. I, I, I still keep in mind his game is in until nine o'clock at night, so I still have five hours to do some last minute homework. I'd like to see if um, Dakota Hudson has ever played in a stadium before. I like to see where the kid is from. You know, I like to know is is he a West Coast boy, uh, where he grew up. Um, I know he went to college at Mississippi State, and actually, he's uh, from Dunlap, Tennessee. Okay, so. You know, I don't want to know, has he ever pitched out West? I need to know these kind of things. You know what I'm saying? Um, and, and the reason I say that is because I might increase my wager at another uh, book, maybe, um, if I am more confident about my bet. But oh. there's one already placed. And as soon as the line opened, I was feasting on this. Like, uh, you know, when, when when they show somebody, you know, licking their chops, yeah. stuff, ready to eat. <laughs> yes. I saw this spot. I saw this spot a few days ago, and I was like, I'm pouncing on it. Um, right. And the last thing is, man, you guys—if you follow baseball, even if you don't, you know who Yadier Molina is. All uh, right, yes. guys, got rings with this team. Um, he's been out; he hasn't played for the Cardinals for almost, I would say, three weeks now. Okay. He ain't playing tonight. Marcelo Zuna—he is one of their best players. He ain't playing tonight. He's still on the IL. From the
2: Marlins, right?
1: He was from the Marlins, okay. and now he plays for the Cardinals. Um, he's actually in a rehab stint in the minors. He'll be back up probably on Monday, but he ain't playing tonight. Um, and then and and they've been doing fair well without them, but those are clubhouse leaders, you know what I mean, especially Yachty Air behind the plate. Um, and they have a young boy coming up, Tyler O'Neill, and he's been doing real well. And uh it don't look like he's playing tonight either. He's day to day right now. All this stuff, I'm giving you all this, and this is just one
2: end of my <laughs> Yeah, like it was all of that was on the Oakland A's. So yeah. that's a lot of work to put in. And if you're trying to Make that dollar, like you said. If mm. if you're gonna, if you have a chance to make ten dollars, or you're gonna make, you're pretty sure you can make that one dollar. You're gonna make that one dollar, and there's a lot of work that goes into making that one dollar. Yeah. So, um I think that's great. I was actually gonna take them, actually, and okay. they they won't let me. Well, you <laughs> check, check, back,
1: me. check back check uh, back in, in an hour, or two okay? Maybe. And that and that could be weather. It could be a pitching change. It could be a, a lineup change. Somebody. So sometimes you know baseball is weird nowadays because of the, the betting. They uh, don't release their lineups as, as early as they used to back in the day. Right. So, um, but keep checking on that. And, you I know, will. Maybe I'll, I'll throw you a text later on. Don't forget about Oakland. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, Again, hope, hope hope it wins, Kev, because I don't want you come barking at me. I,
2: you know me, man. I am not a hater in that way. I, I the pe- like I, no, I would I have that. a major issue p- with the people that hang on to somebody and bet on their beh- and bet and then blame them for taking the loss. Yeah, you're a big man, boy, you're, you're, get out of you know, here. Make again, your own choice. But we also, I think, I think the the information you were given is quality. It's only meant to improve their ability to make their choice on their bet. Exactly, you know, and and, you know, but no matter what, when you're doing something like that, you're gonna have somebody who comes back at you and has a problem. Um, and you got to just have your own
1: system. You know what I mean? And if you really want to make the correct wager, you know what I mean. If you're gambling, that's different. You know I, I I gamble too I like I said I throw four or six dollars on a 18 parlay every once in a while to win two grand like, right why not why not but if if you really want to make a run at this and if you really want to make a dollar you got to have a system I have one this is just one
2: part of it and we're talking one game so what are some of the other parts? because I, I I like just following what you were saying about the Oakland A's and some of the other things you were going through I kind of see where your process is what are what are some of the other foundations to your process
1: okay so with the aspect of fantasy you know i mean i do i have that app i'll dive in i could really see guys eras how much how good they are against certain teams now this is an nl and al matchup so you're not gonna you know i want to know has mike fires ever played against this this team you know has these guys ever played against each other has he ever hit against this pitcher so on and so forth you got to really look in how does this team hit against right handers you know how do they play at night um at night games in oakland um it's this weird thing it's called the marine layer okay? it's this layer of fog that comes out and it makes the ball travel less so that indicates an under if there's an under that means there's going to be less runs and that also means the game's going to be closer so I have to be weary of that if it's going to be a close game that means I I might not I might not get an easy 9-0 win and you know go to bed early I'm just at 9 o'clock east coast time so I might not see the end anyway most likely I ain't going to see the end there's a lot of other factors in it diving in finding out and then i got to be real with you there is one aspect that i don't i don't share and i will not because the sports betting market it is a market right it's just like the stock market it's very different and if i you know be hater if you want but get your own everybody has one and anybody that really takes it serious they have one too but i have you know a system that i use that, that has been profitable for me right. and I don't want to share that system because let's just say if everybody else saw the same thing I did when I go on this morning to go make my bet Oakland's minus 162 instead right. of 149 you know why? because everybody else is using Vince's same system Yes, and now guess what I lost value and as much as this stuff is pointing in my direction it's the human element Sure. If they lose, I'm losing an extra 13 cents, $13, 1300 13, dollars $130. Right, right, right. Who knows? <laughs> right. Because I let my secret out. Now I'm not telling you guys that I'm not I'm keeping things, but that's the way the game works, and I and that's the system. And it's no disrespect to anybody. Um I'm not trying to sell plays or anything like that either. But all these trends that I spit out, rewind it, go back, and you know what you do? Keep notes like me. All these trends, I've just piggybacked off of. I've noticed them along the way, and all I do is every day, it's diligence though. Every day, I go through these trends and update them. Baseball is every day. It's not like football. Football is great. happens on Sunday. I can get to the trends on Wednesday because nothing's going to change. Baseball, the next day, is playing, and if I get behind, I'm all screwed up. So this information, these trends that I'm giving out, these are all things you could do. You know, and, and that's all I did. I, I found one. That, I mean, the, the 50, 59 and 12 straight up when they're a minus 140 or bigger favorite. I picked that up probably when it was in the 30s. Right. And I've just been sticking with it ever since. And you guys could do the same thing upon these trends that I'm giving out to you guys.
2: And just so you know, I restarted the app and found it. I actually took the run line and I took Oakland minus one and a half. <laughs>
1: okay. And what was the <laughs> that, price? I, I, was go, I was
2: going against. It was actually minus 155. So what, was it, Wait, wait. No, what, what was the run line
1: price? Oh, it was... Because it had to be reduced juice there. Uh, so, yes. Yeah. Well, while Kevin's doing that, look. I'm going to tell y'all why that's not a good bet. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin's my boy, but I'm going to tell you why it's not a good bet. The no, Oakland that's Raiders, why you don't listen to me about this stuff. The Oakland Raiders... I said Oakland Raiders. The Oakland Athletics, excuse me, are at home. And if you know baseball, that means that if they are leading the game and it's the top of the ninth inning and they get all three of those outs, and they are only winning by one run, they will not come back out onto the field for the end of the game. Right. So you are losing those potential three batters for Oakland, and that's why taking the run line at home is a little bit more risky. But minus one and a half plus 130. But see, there's the difference right there, people. When you take the more risk, you're getting a bigger reward. So now let's just say, for example, that Kevin and I each placed $100 on this game. If Kevin wins by more than two runs, he would win $130. I would have to put up 149 just to win $100. Right. If
2: so I, you're, giving a, you're, you're getting the negative juice an and ex- I'm getting the a positive. positive
1: juice. Um, Kevin, but, but Kevin is is assessing more risk. Because right. he has to win by a certain amount, I just got to win the game. Right? Um, sure. When I look at the box score, uh, when I take my uh, two a.m. leak, uh, I'm gonna uh, and they win nine zero. I'm gonna be a little upset that I didn't take the run line, but if they win five to four, I'm gonna say. Whew. Good thing I didn't take that run line.
2: I relate so much to the 2 a.m. league. That's so funny. I think everybody does, but I just found that funny. But go ahead, man. And, and, and,
1: <laughs> and while we're on that, uh, on the losing end, you know, the the only good thing about losing is if you take the run line, and let's just say for all these good stuff that I have out there, the Oakland A's don't come to play tonight and they get smoked. seven to two. Right. Guess what? Kevin's losing a flat hundo. I'm losing a buck fifty, right? So you know, assess it as you will, you know. And uh, um, I'm hoping you guys look back at this and say, "Ah, that dude, that dude knows what he's talking about," right? Um, But Kev, we're gonna get to your sport. I got one little little thing. I found this, uh, and I was like, "Wow, that's pretty cool." Staying on the West Coast, okay? But we're switching sports. We're going from the diamond to the hardwood. Kevin Durant and Jeff Green are the only two active players in the NBA to have played for the Seattle Supersonics. Did
2: you know that? I did not know that. That's an interesting fact. I think that's great. And then they became Oklahoma City Thunder, right? Yes. Yes. Uh, After they changed it. Because when I I hear uh, Seattle Supersonics, I think about Sean Kemp. I think Gary about Payton, Gary Payton glove. the glove yeah. actually shout out to what, to Sebo to uh, for the love of the game yesterday yeah. talking about I, he put oh my god he put Antoine not Antoine Jameson he put Antoine Gary Walker. Payton and Antoine Walker in the same conversation we have to have a conversation about that one but um, yeah KD
1: um, and Jeff Green um, crazy I thought that was a good stat uh, or you know a piece of knowledge and I, I just want to give a shout out to some love there I found that at Total Pro Sports on Instagram all one word Total Pro Sports you know um I, we don't shy away from giving credit where it's due absolutely um, but uh but yeah i, I thought that was cool and, and and you know it's a good segue to get into our you know touch on the nba cuz uh, that's kind of where um our bullpen's
2: going to go well excuse what, me the bullpen what the, does the bullpen have to do with nba the bullpen ladies and gentlemen it's it's the way we like to end our shows so in the actual mlb bullpen All the guys are sitting in their pictures... They all Some guys may play that night Most of them not Depending on reliever, closer, whoever But basically all they're doing in there Is eating uh, sunflower seeds Talking, BSing about whatever they want to talk about And that's what we want to do to end each one of our shows And a lot of times for us It's going to lend towards fatherhood It's going to lend towards uh, being a husband It's going to lend towards the struggle of of daily life uh, uh, Trying to succeed Trying to figure out how to get through this thing How to be better at this thing Uh, marriage is a hard thing Uh, being a father is a hard thing and I'm not there yet my baby's still still cooking we still got five months left but Vince is Um, and that's how we want to end our shows and we're going to call it the bullpen so come into the bullpen with us and have a conversation and we're going to lead it with LeBron Um, we talked about LeBron at the beginning of the pod letting you know that what was going on and I'll, and I'll, I'll reset it out for you saying that LeBron has been going to his son's AAU games he's a very present father um, and on two instances, the first instance, LeBron was in the layup line with the youth uh, of his son's basketball team. And he was doing some, you know, LeBron James dunks, crazy stuff. The fans liked it. The kids even seemed excited. I watched the video and then also in an, an another moment, LeBron, LeBron's son, Uh, They call him Bronny, dunked on somebody in the middle of the game. And LeBron got super excited. And he came like three or four feet onto the court Mm -hmm. um, in celebration. He was legitimately excited because that's his boy. Of course, Mm -hmm. why wouldn't he be? Um, But then he received a lot of criticism as being the guy who's kind of taking the spotlight from his son. Um, He was being the dad who was too involved and can't sit back into the shadows. And I kind of think all of that's BS. He's there. He's rooting his son on. And more important is the things I heard from the youth. Those kids went to Twitter and started to put up their opinions of LeBron James. And they were like what are y'all talking about? Obviously they were were talking to the media, themselves these children, and I made a mistake by not screenshotting their Twitter because I did read them, so I apologize to you for that, but overall these kids were coming out and saying, I don't know what the media is talking about, LeBron's great to us, we love him there, we love when he comes out into the layup line and and, and does the dunks and we love that he's excited, none of these kids feel like he's stealing anything from them, he's only providing I can only, you know, obviously we all know that LeBron is unbelievably uh, uh, well So uh, these kids probably eat a certain way, things like that. He probably takes care of the team in a lot of ways that none of us will ever, ever know because there's no need for us us to know. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I just think that's a little bit ridiculous. But how do you feel about that? And how do you feel about the projection on how the kind of dad or how do you feel you're going to be when Vinny grows up and he gets involved in whatever activities he gets involved with, with school or academic, whatever, sports, whatever it may be, and, and involvement?
1: Yeah, I'm gonna run on the court and uh, tackle him if he does that. Because <laughs> if uh, I'm gonna tell you right now, if there's a, a five nine Italian Dominican kid that could dunk, and he's my son, I'm, I'm jumping on the court now. Nah, but listen, uh, aside jokes, joking aside, I, I, I will I, I will say this one thing. Um, I saw the video. Do I think it was a bit much? Maybe, maybe in the sense that LeBron's a grown man. You right. want to clap and show your emotion pump your chest, whatever, and do all that, I get it. But let's not forget, LeBron is our age. He's thirty something years old. Yes. He's not a sixty year old man. Right. Okay. He's not a fifty year old man. Usually when, when I was in high school, uh, I think my mom was in her mid fifties. Okay. I don't expect my mom to be doing what she was doing what, what LeBron was doing. Right. She's in her mid fifties. <laughs> you know, LeBron had a child a lot younger than other people. Right. You know, and that's that's nothing wrong with that. And for him to show his enthusiasm that way I thought there was nothing wrong with it 90%. 10%, maybe it was a little too much with the rolling on the court and the jumping around and whatnot, but it wasn't bad. It wasn't enough to be ridiculed. Right. Maybe, he, you know, he shrug his shoulders, say, all right, you know, you know chill out. I'll take it down a notch. But really, should he? This is his son. I agree. How, do you, how, how would I react? Very similarly. Right. Very similarly with maybe um, a little bit more, I'm not going to say maturity, because that's not the word I'm, I'm saying, but... Uh, composure. composure, thank Good you. Good word. Um, a little bit more composure, um, and also, uh, but I'm going to tell you why. It's because I'm just a regular dude, right? You know, this is LeBron. Okay, He's you're not one of the most dude. pulverizing athletes and and or person people in the world. True. So uh, you want to act a little crazy? Go ahead, because you know what, LeBron don't get involved in junk. And what I mean by that is you don't never hear no storylines about I might not like the dude. I might not like LeBron. I might not be a LeBron fan, which I'm not. Okay. I'm not a fan of LeBron. Um only because listen, man, sometimes you hate greatness. I'm not, I don't hate LeBron. Right. But the guy is good. If he was right. on the Knicks, I you would like him a whole I would lot. I like
2: more. him a lot more.
0: <laughs>
1: um You also gotta understand my 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 uh n- not liking LeBron stems from high school. I used to come home from a high school basketball game and and this dude was on ESPN, and I'm like, man, I can't even get on Channel 13. <laughs> playing Oak
2: Hill, playing Carmelo Yeah, McCarmelo I Anthony. couldn't even get on
1: Channel 13, <laughs> the local news over here. So, um, you know, but the, all jokes aside, man, I, uh, you know, this guy, you never hear a bad thing about him. So people try to attack anything they can. Right. This dude don't get into trouble in the club. He don't step out on his wife. Nope. He don't do nothing. He don't punch a teammate. He don't, you know. Yeah, okay. You hear the things of the coaches and whatnot. You know, you know he's not. Who okay, cares, man? Yeah, listen, get out of you're here. You're winning, right? You know? <laughs> you're winning. Shut <laughs> up. Yeah, they hired Spolster to just. Be a puppet. Uh, I, well, I don't know. No, 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 no. Uh, let's oh, not. Boy, no, let's no, we'll, we'll save that. Eric
2: Boulter is a good coach, man. Okay, he just took a, a crappy team to thirty. What, oh, I think it was. God, all right, we go. don't have to talk about that. That's another day. But we don't have to talk about that. Eric Boulter is a great coach. Okay, well, but great, go ahead. Great and puppet. He, he, really oh my
0: lord! Two
1: different sides oh, there. All right, we already but, been shooting too long. Go ahead. Uh, Luke Walton is a puppet. You know, what I, mean? I don't know who's the coach there now. Is it? Did they they got Tyron Lue, or is it
2: Jason Kidd? Who's the coach? Oh uh, no, no. It's um not David Blatt. Um uh, doesn't matter. Oh my exactly.
1: gosh. Exactly. We don't need to know who it is. It's a puppet.
2: Fred uh
1: Hoynberg. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, not Fred Hoyberg.
2: He was he's the coach of Pacers. I'm okay. blanking. But it. Whoever, ahead. it doesn't matter who the
1: coach is. The point is this. Listen, people are gonna try to ridicule greatness any way they can. And uh, while I uh, think it was a I'm talking minuscule bit excessive, uh, his celebration, it wasn't enough to be publicized to the point of where it's at now. Frank Vogel. Frank Vogel. Okay. Uh, puppet, Frank puppet. (laughs) Um, anyway, what I'm saying is,
2: Frank puppet.
1: (laughs) Come on, man. We're in the bullpens. It's time to get serious. You (laughs) you got to warm warm up, man. We're getting in the game. I agree. I agree. That's funny though. But my bad. Um, but listen, man, it's, 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 um, they're overblowing it, man. And you know what?
2: And seriously, we're, but wait, wait, wait. wait. Let me add this to it, though. Go ahead. I know where because you're going. Because think about it. Black fathers get beat up all the time. You yeah. ain't present. You ain't there. You didn't follow through. You had the sex, but the, but then you don't stay with the woman and you leave your son behind. He's present. He's there. Maybe a little over-enthusiastic. And that's okay. But is there such thing to be like, no. His sons know he loves the crap out of him. They do the Taco Tuesdays. He makes sure it's family time. He makes sure he's representing... Us In the way that we need to be represented Because think about it, you watch movies, all this other stuff The dad always walks out most of the time mm-hmm. You know, he's not there, he's a crackhead Or something stupid, you know what I'm saying No, he's there, he's present He's getting it done, one of the most powerful people On the planet Yo, and stop, and and you know I have all these, you know, and now he's doing too much. So uh, wh- what is it? He can't, he can't be right. So uh, the black dads aren't there. Now he's there too much. He's too involved. No such thing. Get out of here.
1: I agree, one hundred percent. And then you know, Kevin's using that, and obviously that he is a black dad, so that we're going with that round. But it could be any dad. you could be a Mexican dad, white dad, whatever. I agree. We have that standard here where the guy runs out. Right, you know that happens, and like Kevin said, well, well, what's the hap? Where's where's the hap- where's the happy medium? Right, is he if he's if he wasn't there, if he wasn't at his son's game, they you know what they're gonna say? Where was LeBron? Right, right, right. It's why, the why is he not supporting
2: his son? It's the all. Is your business is too important? Is basketball more important than your son? That and, would be the, that would that would be the headline. And that's
1: the exact thing is that this dude is he flies a straight and narrow, bro. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you know he he doesn't screw around. He doesn't. He's not in the nightclubs. He's not making nope. headlines, doing the wrong thing. And even
2: if he is, it's not it's not for trouble. No. You know what I'm saying? He's and there chilling and enjoying himself it's just and go home.
1: People trying to find something wrong with somebody good. Right. And that's what it's 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 it doesn't matter if it's LeBron. It might be you listening to it. You got somebody out there, they're trying to pick at the wrong things for
2: you. That's what that's what people do when they see greatness. No matter what it is, yeah, we hope to be good at this. But I, I I'm going to be present. I'm going to be at my kids' games. I don't, whatever he does, I don't care. I really hope he does play like a really competitive sport. But I don't care if he's on a damn debate team. I'm going. I'm going to be present. I'm like, you better debate the hell out of him. I can. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I truly, spelling bees. Oh, right, spelling bees. I don't care. I'm going to be present. Like, che- like oh. chess team, <laughs> chess team swim meets I don't care whatever they whatever he chooses to compete at because he's gonna have to do something I'm like I won't choose for you I want you to have your interest but you're gonna have to choose something and I'm gonna be there to back you up whatever your choice is so
1: along with him choosing uh, we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up Uh, we appreciate y'all for sticking around for almost three hours Um, two things one I mean you kind of let the cow out of the bag there dog we didn't get to it gender reveal happened last episode. You're saying he what's up dog. You did. Ladies
2: and gentlemen, I'm having a boy.
1: There we go. Y'all.
2: We just found out I'm having a boy on last Saturday. It was a perfect day found out, uh, got great news about my mom and her health, everything. It was just a, it, awesome, it was man. it was a blessing. One of those days that's a blessing that I, I won't forget. His name will be Quincy Edward Dykes. Like it. The first name is my middle name. His middle name is the middle name of my father and my father-in-law. So we thought.
1: Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So you can't it, go wrong. There. There's all
2: so many Edwards going down the line. So we thought that was great. And then of course my last name. So it was, we're very excited um, and like, I'm like so Vince glad said, you didn't
1: do that weird hyphenated last name. Thing no, no,
2: and, no hyphens, man. Yeah. Just Quincy Edward Dykes. And like, like Vince said, thank you guys for listening. I hope you even got to this part to, so you can find out that I had a boy so you can listen to our bullpen and hopefully we can get some creative imaging for you guys. But all of you that have listened and really gave us some feedback, like seriously, we truly appreciate it. We want to get good at this. We we want to succeed. We want this to be the thing that we do in this life. Thank you.